Get that shit Say that for the pie God damn it Let them do this shit man See my shooter pescatarian, but he eat up all the beef. You gave me your ass to kiss, but won't the all of me. I stand on business, dot my eyes and cross my T's. All I got is these little pictures when I think about all the G's. Memories in my head, the devil talking to me. I know Satan down that path, but God walking with me. Put your phone light in the air if you done lost a nigga. Kept it solid, ran up a bag, and then have to cross a nigga. Bulletproof my car. He a homebody, fuck it, kill him in his yard. Yeah, boo, talk your shit. I got rich and open more doors than a dough man. Oh, God. All the gloss came with extensions like a sew in. Straight up. Nah. Make some noise, y'all. What the fuck? Yes, sir. Welcome. Welcome to the Untitled Podcast. Favorite podcast, favorite podcast, aka the greatest show on earth. If you already know the voice, you know the vibes. I am your host, Boob. Um, first podcast of the year is only right. I got somebody that probably should be on this podcast with me a very, very, very long time ago. Um, cause shit, this damn near year three of this podcast. Uh, shit, I need a deal at this point. <laughs> too, 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 too damn long. Too damn long. I'm now accepting deals. I ain't turning nobody down no more. Nobody. Uh, yeah, nobody. Nobody. We can talk now. We can talk now. I'm tired. <laughs> Been a whole lot of artistic integrity, you know what I mean, in the first few years of this shit. You know what I mean? I should have just took a check. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll take 200, 250, 500. Yeah. Do. Let me get that. Dad to do. Thank you. Thank you. Shit is special, man. Um, so who I have here with me, man, who who is somebody who I can only um label as a brother. And I say, you know, brother this, brother that, but there's somebody who um is my blood first cousin, um, my mama's sister son. <laughs> um, but you know, we were six months apart. You know what I mean? Six yeah. months older than me. Um, we grew up like brothers, you know what I mean, essentially due to age and personality. Right. Um, we were both bad as hell. Um, <laughs> took a whole lot of ass whoopings together and not bring you closer than a good ass whooping together, you know, some shit that we planned and got caught. Right. You know I mean, so, the, you know, my, my one of my long lost, lost cousins from, from Liberty County. Anytime I talk to my family from Liberty County, this is one of the main ones I was with, man. So, big dub, man. What's happening? What's happening? Yeah, do a little geek, little fuck you there too. Oh, man. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hold your applause. Yeah, man. <laughs> yes, that shit. There you go. There you go. People, 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 wait. I'll be here all night. Everybody calm down. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Happy to see you. Did you miss me? Did you miss me? Uh, what's happening with your family? How you feeling? Ain't nothing much, man. I'm I'm feeling good, man. I'm I'm blessed. I'm happy to see another year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm I'm fortunate. You know, all the above. Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, just long overdue. Man, talk to me a little bit about that. Um, just kind of going into New Year's. Like, is that is that a thing for you? Is actually do you walk into year saying this year I'm a X Y and Z or are you kind of so for me for example I'm kind of I've shifted right I'm kind of continuous with my shit mm-hmm. so I don't really focus too much on oh this year I'm gonna do X Y and Z right mm-hmm. like 
not exactly as people would normally do traditionally. I focus a lot on quarters, like these for these next few months, but it's not necessarily tied to, oh, 2024, it's time for me to, you know what I mean? Because in my mind, what's so special about 2024? What am I really, you know what I mean? But this quarter, right. these next few months, I'm going to do this. These months, I'm going to do that. At the end of the year, I'm going to look at the full game. Look at the full quarter, look at the full game, look at the tape. What did you do right? What did you do wrong? Where did you um, succeed? Where did you fail? So for you, like, kind of, do are you setting goals based on that, or how you kind of approach the new year every year? Um, I know it's 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 pretty common for uh you know everybody beginning year. This is my year. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. <laughs> uh, this is such and such about to happen. You know, me, I've always approached something like without even saying it mentally, it's already in me. So each year I'm already going to have an approach, even if I didn't say it, like I'm thinking it like, you know, I always have my goals of, you know, I got a checklist of things that I want to accomplish for that said year. Mm -hmm. So I never really been the person to be like, well, you know, I need y'all to see this. (laughs) I need y'all to see my vision board. Yeah. It's my vision board. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, you know, Probably quarterly. Um, I always, you know, feel like that first month, I want to feel like I've, I've done something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I want to feel like, you know, I, okay, I can scratch this off the list. By the time February roll around, I'm on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, I don't care whether that's something that's tangible. Yeah. Or the intangible. Like, I want something that, you know, I can feel good about accomplishing and starting the year off and then by the time mid-year rolled around you know i i'm already working my way down the list yeah so it's uh it's always going to be something um mentally Mm -hmm. that i'm trying to accomplish even if i'm not telling anybody for the most part anybody that knows me knows like uh i've always been like uh a private person right right. so i never had to really put on for like i'm gonna show you yeah <laughs> like yeah. it's it's always something that i'm trying to prove or show to myself yeah so yeah and, and i think that's a family trait i'm kind of the same way you know right. what i mean like real very very private almost to uh, a, i won't say a detriment to myself because i know a lot of times there's people who do want me to do well mm-hmm. and i don't tell them certain things because good lord mm-hmm. um i don't tell them <laughs> certain things because i want my privacy you know what i mean right um and maybe you know that support would be there that prayer would be there for me if i let people in a little more mm-hmm. but i agree with you you know what i mean like i really feel <laughs> sick um we here watching this damn uh, Green Bay Dallas game. Slaughter, slaughter, cheese everywhere. Facts, cheese all over the place. <laughs> my God, my God. Um, but yeah, no, nah, I'm the same way, man. You know, I'm very private about things, like you know what I mean. And I feel like, you know, it's important because if you if you look for, and I say this to a lot of people, I feel like if I look for validation on what I do from others, right, constantly. Mm-hmm. Then I also leave room for valid for uh, to make your complaints about me to be valid. Right. You know what I'm saying? So right. like, if I always need you to tell me I'm doing great, you know what I mean. When you tell me I'm doing poorly, I gotta take it with the same energy. Mm-hmm. Right. And put you in a bad spot. Them folks don't know what it took you to do what you do. 
You know what I mean? So for me, I'm I'm not really a big let me show you this. And people who know me, folks who close to me know, like relationship wise, like you ain't gonna see a whole lot from me. You know what I mean? If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. Because it's not your business. Right. And, and we all know relationships. As soon as your shit get out there, like, here come the whole, you know what I mean? Here, here come, come the, all the bullshit. Yeah, here come yeah. all the bullshit, right? Here come TMZ. You know what I mean, <laughs> that's your door. But I think one thing you said is 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 very is smart. It stood out. Just kind of talking about setting that first month goal high. Like, just setting the bar high off the rip. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's, yeah, that's something I'm going to apply because... Even if I don't reach this lofty goal, I'm already setting the standard off top. For the you know year. I mean, for the year. Like, boom, this is what I want to do. I didn't get it. How close did I get there? Mm-hmm. Cool. If I can do that right now, just starting this shit, I got 11 months to tear this shit up. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I really, yeah, I think that's dope, man. Um, that's and, dope. And um, also, you know, you can, you can pretty much say anything. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody every year says they're going to do this. You know, yeah. this, that, and the third, X, Y, Z. But I'm the type of person, like, I try to be actionable. Yeah, for so, sure. So, like, actions <laughs> going to speak louder than words. Like, yep. you can say something that you're going to do all day, mm-hmm. but at the end, okay, what are you going to do to get it done? Yeah. So I that's got, my mindset. I got a book. I <laughs> And the people who listen to the pod tell you I've been reading this book for a year because I still ain't finished it. But um, it's a book of time and habits, and it really focuses on process. Mommy and did. that's um, something that I did. Um, that's something that I did. Uh, it's something that I kind of looked at doing when I set my goals for the year. You know what I mean? I said, all right, well, these are the things that I want to do in the first quarter. I mean, and instead of just saying I want this, I want that, I want that, I listed what I wanted, mm-hmm. but then I listed how I'm going to do it. Because I haven't done that before. Like I, I said, so let, whatever the goal may be, right? Let's say if I want to go to the gym more, I want to lose this weight or I want to gain this weight or whatever I want to do. I said, okay, cool. I want to, let's say, so let's throw an example. Let's say if I said I want to lose weight. Cool. want to do this. Buy, and to do this, I want to do X, Y, and Z. So not only am I setting the goal, I'm also creating the process in the middle of it as well. So then I can go back and look at it week by week. Okay, cool. You said you were going to work out. Three times a week, and you were going to do cardio three times a week. How many times did you do that this week? Mm-hmm. Cool. You didn't You didn't win this week, right? So if I continue to do that and set that bar every single week, now when this quarter is over, months older, I can say, well, shit, yeah, of course you didn't lose 15 pounds. You didn't do nothing she said you was going to do to get there. Mm-hmm. You just wanted it, mm-hmm. right? Like, and this one, you know, we'll kind of talk about um, – uh, the the ultimate demise of the Alabama program, um, <laughs> you know what I mean. But uh, it was a it's a Nick Saban quote where he talked about the difference between wanting some shit and like doing some shit. And he was essentially saying like, yes, we can all say what we want to do, but the real question is how willing are you to do the things it takes to get there? Right. You know what I'm saying. And and that was very valid, man. Very you know a very strong point because a lot of times we all know people who will tell you a million times over about these lofty goals and, man, I'm going to do this, man, and I'm going to do that and, and blah, blah, blah. And the one question you got to ask is, how you going to do that? I have no clue. No clue. Just blank stare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you a hater. Mm-hmm. Man, nigga hating the shit. Negative ass nigga. No, bro, I just want to know how you want to do it. Maybe I want to do it too. School me. Teach me. Learn me some shit, please. You right. know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, man. So it's going into the new year, man. I really kind of want to, 
wanted to kind of focus on that and get get a different take, man. Um, somebody who had no problem with starting the new year off strong was uh brother Cat Williams. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, by now, unless you've been living under a rock, man. Um, first of all, twenty twenty four has been fun as hell already. Fun. Like, it's been some shit early off like, the roof. Yeah, off top. I love it. If this is the way the shit gonna be, is up. You know what I mean? We just did a year in review. But if this how we started, then it's up, nigga. Right. Um, Cat had a lot of things to say about a lot of different comedians. Some things we knew, some things we didn't. Um, I didn't know how many dicks was getting sucked in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> but all right. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, one thing that really stood out to me was that the responses that people kicked back after kind of told me that Cat might know some shit. You know what I mean? I didn't see a whole lot of refuting facts. Right. No, nobody said he's lying. I saw a lot of thoughts and prayers. I saw a lot of, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's how you feel. But I feel like if you accuse me of X, Y, and Z, and I know for a fact this is false, I'm on your ass about it. Mm-hmm. Like, boy, I ain't never, you know what I mean? But Cat stood, said all in there. And literally, I didn't see anybody say you a liar. All I saw was thoughts and prayers, and we're going to take the high road. Right. I've never seen someone legitimately. Be accused of something they're not guilty of and then take the high road. Right. Never. You're not going to tell me that um, I stole your jokes and I did X, Y, and Z and you're wrong about it. But you know what, brother? You got it. Right. And Never. even like when you start questioning, like we, he talked about, uh, you know, <laughs> he talked about Ricky Smiley and, mm-hmm. and, um, Tyler Perry, you know, they, they play better as women yep. than they do as men. So when you start talking about someone's sexuality, yeah. that ain't something that you just take the high road on. Like, all right, like mm-hmm. not. And we know that the community that's in, in comedy for comedians, everybody for the most part knows everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm pretty sure, like every everything is pretty close knit. Everybody put eventually bumps into each other. So I just don't get how uh, you could just take the high road on that. Even when it so when you're talking about Ricky Smiley and Tyler Perry, for instance, I think it it might have affected Ricky Smiley because I saw a video where he was just you know he was doing his morning coffee or whatever and he mm-hmm. was crying. Now, some people speculated it could have been something different when it, yeah, in, in relation yeah. to his kids or something like that. Yeah, but, past, a few other things it could be. Uh, right. But, uh, man, something like that, you can't take the high road on and somebody saying you, you play better as a woman than you are as a man. Do you feel like that's a thing in Hollywood of kind of, you know, there's a, a, a train of thought where they say like this, um, the masculinization, I believe it's the word, of men, of black men in particular, you put us in dresses to make us, Less of a threat, less of a man, and they've been doing that to get ahead. Do you feel like that's an actual thing? or? And, and I ask this because the different viewpoint is, you know, we saw Robin Williams being Miss Doubtfire. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen these other men do it, mm-hmm. you know, white men do it, and it's not, oh, well, he had to do this to get ahead, right? Mm-hmm. So do you feel like that's a real thing, or do you feel like that's just a part of comedy, and they feel like men dresses women, you know, is a thing, you know what I mean? And it's funny, and they think it's funny. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I mean, even if you go back, anybody that's you know done their 
research and history on comedy, you know, you go back to Step and Fetch It. Like, the whole idea of Step and Fetch It, whether he thought it was, he was moving in the right direction or not. Yeah. You know, this is early 1900s. Yes, they trying to make you seem a certain way because to, you know, and let's just be honest, white people looking at him like, okay, you're funny, but you're here to entertain us. Right. Right. So that's always been, I think that's that's been like, you know, a model. Like, yeah. okay, let's 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 try to, uh, you know, belittle the black man yeah. and make it, you know, let's 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 laugh at their expense. Yeah. Let's, um, let's, yeah. Let's make you less of a threat. Right. Make if you. If we can laugh at you, you're not a threat. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and. I think the same thing. Why wouldn't the same thing go on today? Um, you, we're in a climate now where, you know, is whether people want to acknowledge it or not, the race thing is still alive. Yeah, absolutely. It's not going nowhere. Yeah, it's not going nowhere. So no matter how big you get as an act, an entertainer, or what have you, like, we definitely going to remind you, like, hey, <laughs> If you want to play this game, like we can, we can set, we can set the bar to where you, you gotta, you know, do the, the, you know, that they call it shuffling the jive and, you know, yeah, yeah I do think that that's still a thing. Um, cause history has shown us that like, no matter what success Step and Fetch it got, the negative connotation with him was he was doing it for white people. Yep. And no, you know, that was. That was that. So fast forward all the way to now, 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you will have your audience as a black man, but the white audience will look at you like, okay, you go another nigga in a dress. Yeah, even in the bands, you a nigga in the coupe. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I do think uh, there are a lot of comedians that's, that's willing to go that route. And even if they feel like it's... Uh, a boost for their career or they feel like it's something that um like I, I heard somebody say well it's just a prop right but um you know after a while you keep using the same prop yeah <laughs> yeah no nah, it's a fact you know what i mean for me when i look at this shit dog it's like you know i feel like because you got so many different layers to it right like eddie murphy Dressing up as Rasputia, I didn't feel like was a thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That shit was just, you know, Eddie Murphy being Eddie, like white chicks with the wings. Like these these niggas are a comedic royalty, right? Like right. they ain't gotta do nothing. You know, I think it's a case by case situation. I think that obviously you can take a man like a when I hear about a, a Terry Crews, you know, getting felt up at a at a party, right? Mm-hmm. Like that to me is more of it. I don't it, it, when, especially when it comes to like the racist issue, a part of it, right? Like, I feel like sometimes we kind of give too much credence and power to situations and people who, in all actuality, really need us more than we need them. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we surpassed the level to where we really need these white eccentric studios for us to prosper and be successful. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't really need that no more. That was the thing before, right? To make it in Hollywood, you had to do and, you know, live and do certain things. Now, you got so many different people with so many different avenues that 
You don't really need them. You can literally be all black mm-hmm. and, prosper, and, and, and prosper because of, again, <clears throat> we're the tastemakers, right? Like, um, there's another question I wanted to get to about that, and it's actually kind of separate, but it's piggybacking off of, off just kind of more of a culture type question. Um, but, you know, I really feel as if us as a culture, you know what I mean? Like, we we are the tastemakers. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be real in this. I had a conversation with somebody a while ago, and the conversation was about, um, they were saying, do you have an issue with people saying that we shouldn't be called African-Americans and should we be called black Americans instead? Like, is that a thing? And I said, well, to be honest, we are black Americans. I was like, what part of Africa are you from? Do you notice you're from? Like, do you, where do you descend from? And it's not a negative thing, right? It's not to discredit, you know, ancestors, but you really, we, because of history, we don't really know where we're from. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we don't, right? Italians can look back year after year, generation after generation, and trace their shit back to Sicily from damn. You know what I mean? I can tell you that my great-great-grandma was born in Sicily. We can go back to Sicily. This is the house she grew up in. Mm-hmm. Like, they can do that, right? You know, unfortunately, we're not blessed enough to do that. Right. You know what I mean? We don't even know we're from Africa. Like, some of us. You know what I mean? We may not. Hell, you could be fucking Dominican, right? Like, people always joke about, you know what I mean? Oh, I got Indian in my family. Well, shit, at grandma's house, there's a picture of somebody I thought was a damn man, to be honest. Right. That was our great-great-grandma. Right. Like, oh, shit. And it's an Indian. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck. So we do got... But you know what I mean? I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea. Like, literally, like... I, I, and I used to see that picture every day. I swore that I was like... I don't know who that man was. Right? <laughs> I had an ass grandma, right? And I, and I thank God I asked grandma for she I'm glad I wasn't like, the only one. Yeah, I said, grandma, who is... I said, grandma, who this man is? Like, oh, that's your great-great-great-great-great-great-grandma. Oh, great-great-grandma? Right. That's a woman? Right, but you know what I mean. So all respect to the yeah, yeah. great great grandma, yeah, but all respect that to you, um, yeah. she had the mustache. Going yeah, she first that mustache was strong. That shit strong, strong, you know? strong. It was lined up, strong. And look, I no put a razor to that. Yeah, no disrespect. She could got lined up, but no disrespect. Because <laughs> I can tell she ain't play that shit. You know what I mean? She did not play that shit at all. That's a fact. She ain't played no games, so no disrespect at all. Because at some point, I'm going to see her. That picture is menacing. Yeah, at some point, I'm going to see her again, and I don't want no issue, no smoke. Boy, you talking that shit, huh? I heard you. I heard you. Don't talk to me real Whenever quick. I did something, Grandma, I was look at that picture. <laughs> well, you did a lot of shit at Grandma. We did a lot of shit. <laughs> you know, my favorite story to tell about you, Grandma House, at that time, you was out there beating Ginger. I knew you was gonna make that my favorite shit. When you beat Ginger, that's my favorite story, boy. Oh, I, I was going to town boy, on you. Was tad, but it was funny because like it's like <laughs> I said, like me and me and Dub like literally ran together. Like you never if we were both at my grandma's house, you never saw one of us without the other. Right. And we was always up no good. So it was funny because there was one of them times where I went with him. Right. Bro. And honestly, <laughs> It wasn't even that I left him on his own. He went rogue. Like, he was doing this by himself. He didn't bring me into this plan, right? You know what I'm saying? So it was a situation where, like, they like, hey, well, well, Carl on that. Oh, shit, I don't know where you at. Actually, I have no idea. And You want me to explain how that happened? Please. I never knew. <laughs> All I know is they say you was out there beating on the dog. <laughs> That's the only story. And I, and I want nobody to call Peter on you. So First please of all, explain yourself. <laughs> First of all, statue of limitations. I had to be like, what? Uh, we were we were kids. We was kids. I, I might have been like 
10, 11 or something. And, right, and right. for the record, I love animals. So <laughs> don't frame this like I I need to beat dogs or something like that. Like, right, right. Um, <laughs> me being a badass kid, uh, I was playing with Ginger at first. This, this was a playful thing at first. It didn't much just all the rip. I'm just going to beat you. So uh, <laughs> this is funny even we call it. So um, um, I was playing with Ginger, and then me being you know the the rambunctious ten eleven year old I was, I was like uh you know I'm a I'm a grab a stick and just kind of tap a little bit, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Ginger was old as hell too. Ginger was old as hell by this time. Like was. Far from being the mobile dog that she might have been years past. So I'm be you know, I'm just tapping a little bit, then I go in, you know, really well and and, <laughs> and I'm having fun. It had to be like at least five minutes going by. This sounds so awful. <laughs> I, like I said, I love dogs. So but <laughs> so our cousin Shag comes around the house and he catches me red handed, like in mid strike. And I just dropped the stick, and it was like Shag, shout Shag, one of, one of the OG cousins. One of the OG cousins. He's there, and he sees me, like whooping ginger, ass. whooping ginger ass. Mm-hmm. I dropped the stick. He tell me to go in the house, and I already knew what time it was. I couldn't yep. sit there and defend nothing. No. So go in the house. When I tell you, every aunt that I have came in the house at once. And literally took turns beating my. They was in line. Aunt plus your mama, so that makes three. Yeah, mama went last because mm-hmm. she needed to. Because she, because you know, she got all. She got to deal with a the fact that you beating the family dog, but two, just the embarrassment of of all. We got a lot of cousins on that side. Not now, one of us ever thought, yo, I'm about to whoop this dog ass today. Like you beat the <laughs> shit out Ginger for nothing. Ginger was a good dog. Ginger was chilling Like this ain't like Pepper Pepper little ass Used to take off The fucking man I remember one time We had to go catch Pepper Pepper ran out That damn gate And we had to go Chase Pepper ass down Now this one was raw About grandma I remember we were Trying to get up Trying to get Pepper And my grandma Was getting old at the time So we didn't want her To go Man my grandma Watched that damn gate She said Pepper Motherfucker dog Stop Can't run right off Get yours In the damn gate we running in So shout out to grandma Grandma had that voice But yeah You was wild for that <laughs> shit That was crazy Like when he ain't lying All but bro My mama His mama My auntie Like they wouldn't have Whooping his ass Everybody who was in attendance Anybody with a belt on Made sure yeah. to get a chop Anybody yeah. had to have Access a to a belt Switch The fact you brought this shit <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> It's one of my favorite stories One of my favorite stories about you Like it's one of my favorite stories Like You're Alright so <laughs> You know my favorite story about you Yes. Well, one of them. Yes, I'm about to say as many. Because I didn't tell my favorite, favorite story about you. So tread lightly. <laughs> tread lightly. Tread lightly. We, we ain't going to trade too many. I'll let you get one off and I'll explain myself. I think I know what you're talking about. You can tell that one. I think you I already do. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell it. I'll tell my story. Go ahead. Go ahead. Put the it out infamous. There. Yes, yes. Man. So I'll just say this. We go to. <laughs> Tell the story, we going, man. We going to Aunt Jennifer's house one day, and um, <laughs> and uh, mom just you know 
she was like, hey, um, you know, don't don't trip or nothing, but you know, you know your your, your cousin burnt the kitchen. I said, huh? <laughs> said, yeah, uh, that was you know, I had a little accident. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe it was, you know, a little part of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or maybe, you know, mm-hmm. something manageable. You thought wrong. I walk in the house and you can smell smoke. the charred mm-hmm. smoke mm-hmm. kitchen. Mm-hmm. I said. The smell, oh. the smell was the microwave that you smelled. That's what. Go ahead. I'm going to tell the story. Fuck it. I'm I'm walk, the story. <laughs> and when you walk into the kitchen, you bend a corner. Uh-huh. And you right there in the kitchen. Yo. I said, <laughs> this nigga. But it was black. Man. Black. I'm t- darkness. I, Every, I said, oh, my goodness. Let me preface this by saying, <laughs> if you've ever seen, like, smoke damage in a home, the smoke is going to make it look a lot worse because it's black. But I'll tell the story. I'm not ashamed. Like, and cool. I, okay, cool. So, there was a time, right, when I was first really learning to cook. I was in middle school at the time. I was like in seventh grade. Cool. And um, I learned how to make fries, like with grease and shit, right? So, mm. for a good two month stretch, I made fries. And I'm wrong. My, my brother actually used to always tell him, I'm like, tell, tell him that he need to stop making fries because blah, 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 blah. Right? His shit was health oriented. Well, one day, I remember my mom told me, said, hey, I want you to stop cooking when we're not home because I'm afraid you're going to burn the house down. That's a real quote from her. Real quote that my mom told me. So at the time, because it gets deeper, um, at the time, I was um, also, at the time, I was also on punishment for some shit. So I wasn't playing the game, and um, I wasn't supposed to be cooking on the stove, Right. Well, I decided, fuck that. So I was in the room playing the game, but before I played the game, I turned some grease on. Told you, I just learned how to cook. So I'm, I got the grease on high. I need this, these, these fries piping, piping hot. Mm-hmm. So I go upstairs, I'm in the room playing the game, whatever, whatever, and the smoke alarm went off. Oh, shit, I left the grease on. So I'm thinking, you know, whatever, I go in there and turn the shit off. Well, I come downstairs, and it's a fucking inferno. The uh, the pot is literally a flame, and the microwave that's over the stove is like melting down. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? So I get a little little um the little oven mitts and wrap my hands around the pot, put the pot in the sink. Right, this one shit got real. Mm. I took the hose in the sink and sprayed it. Didn't know you don't put water on the grease fire. Mm. I did it. That shit goes crazy. Like we was at a hibachi restaurant, right? Like shit go crazy. I'm like oh shit. So, which honestly, it was a blessing that the curtains above the sink didn't catch on fire. Had those caught on fire, we would have been homeless. Like, it would have been a wrap. Nothing I could do about that. Um, but, so then I, so after I see that or whatever, the blinds melted um, in the window right there. I go outside. Um, I put the pot outside on the, uh, the concrete in the patio. Go about business. That's what happened. Now... Was there a lot of damage? Yes, but that's what insurance is for. 
That's also around the time where I learned a lot of the skills that people know me to have when I joke about how I can install cabinets and shit because I had to install new cabinets. Also learned how to paint because I did a whole lot of painting around that time. I got put to work. Um, you know, I learned a lot of valuable lessons. Um, I became a handyman during that those next <laughs> those next few months because uh, you know you know the honestly what surprised me the most. You know like when you do dumb shit And your parents say They just happy you safe or whatever mm-hmm. That was the first time they said that And I felt like they meant it Because I didn't get my ass whooped Like I deserved Like I deserved a beating for that shit you, I did not get a beating for that I swear to God I did not get a beating for that you shit You did? I saw not a, a hand was raised to me about that shit At all Oh they was really happy that Yeah you, yeah Did you survive? Now I will say this though <laughs> That was around the time when my pops was traveling a lot He was out of town when this happened I feel as if he be, Had he been in town I probably wouldn't be alive, but I do. But I think that he, um, you know, I mean, because of what happened, I think that he, you know, by the time he got home, he had cooled off a little bit. My man talked him off, off a ledge or whatever, and that's why it wasn't hands and feet. But, um, okay. but yeah, nah, for sure, Pops, you know what I mean? I, I, yeah, I need to get my ass whooped nothing, bro. <laughs> so the funny part about these stories is you got your ass whooped not in. Ha, nigga. Make some noise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, boob. Talk your shit. Fuck I'm talking about. Turn me up. See, everybody got all these damn jokes. Everybody love, everybody love turn, turn. I burned the house down. Fuck you. <laughs> Nigga. I was still hungry. You know what was funny was I hadn't eaten. Like my <laughs> my mom would then get hold to like eight, nine o'clock. I hung his mother. <laughs> Cause my fries are done burnt up. I ain't got shit to eat. Wow, hungry Yo, that's, in there. That's the first time I heard that story. Yeah. No, well, that's the first time I heard like what really you, happened. What really happened? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I never. Well, I mean, people know that. No, no. Like that I've told the story too. And I might tell a story in the podcast. Well, yeah, that's what happened. Like that's literally like the back story of how it happened. Like you know, because you know they may if you if you don't get that story, you led to believe that like I was in the kitchen trying to cook and shit just caught on fire. That's not what happened. Like I actually left. That no, shit. I I knew it was a grease fire. Yeah, mm-hmm. I knew, but that's all I knew. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. No, that shit was an unintended grease fire. Like honestly, that's how I knew God had a plan for me because that <laughs> shit could have went way further left than it did. Like that was more God saying, you know what, nigga, you bugging. Let me show you a little ass something real quick. Like, let me show you what this about to look like. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, so shifting gears, man. One thing I did want to talk about, we got a little bit in the cat, man, but um, want to talk about the Jonathan Majors verdict um, mm-hmm. a little bit. But so on the podcast, we don't really get into the weeds of what happened, right? Mm-hmm. What we really try to get in, we, into is kind of what we're learning and seeing from this. So with Jonathan Majors, right, it's been so much back and forth. You know, um, on one hand, when we saw... You know, what happened, it was C. He shouldn't have been messing with no white women. You know, blah, blah, blah. Or it was more actually more so of him being abusive and being canceled, quote, unquote. Um, then we saw a video and we see texts and all these things like, oh, damn, this ain't that. Then he gets convicted. Now, he didn't get convicted of the things people, you know, he was accused of completely. But he got enough to where he at least probably going to do at least well, a year of probation, some shit like that. Cool. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is, at what point do we stop being so quick to jump to these conclusions, to 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 villainize people, to cancel, quote unquote, I mean, he losses, he losses a uh, Disney deal, you know, so Marvel and all that shit's gone. Um, he was uh, just got recently dropped from the Disney Ride movie, which is crazy that you did some shit wild enough to Disney Ride and say, nah, that nigga bugging. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, we can't have him play me. 
Like, nigga, you didn't drive me. First nigga in the dress. He was in the dress. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, do you do you feel like that this is an issue that we have in our culture of just being so quick? You know what I mean? To jump, you know, and say, oh, that has to be this because of X, Y, and Z. Like, at what point do we learn to sit down and shut the fuck up and just wait? Um, you know, uh, or do we ever do that? We just keep doing what we're doing. I mean, thinking about <clears throat> where we're at, even when it comes to like social media, that's always going to exist. Yep. I think even if you take social media out the picture, even before that, people always had their opinion on whatever it was. Right. Be it good or bad, everybody's going to have something to say, especially when you're in the limelight. Right. Like that, I think that's something that's always going to be there. And uh, ultimately, it wasn't the culture or, you know, black folk that canceled him. Mm-hmm. Like, sure enough, we had, you know, it was mixed opinions about what happened. You know, everybody had their say. But it was Disney. Yeah. That was the, you know, that was the main the main thing that he had working for him. Uh, Did you see him ch- getting chased by old girl during doing uh, through the streets of New York? Oh, that was wild. I so <laughs> that might that that should be a movie. So the way I looked at that is, man, some shit happened. Let me get away from this. I think in that instance, he was like, "Let me get the hell away from this white girl." I I that's the only way I looked at it. And let me say, Jonathan Majors is an amazing actor absolutely the first time i actually watched him in a role was white boy rick okay and oh he, i thought he was in that yeah that was the first time i had seen him okay. was white boy rick what really and he i think he had a really good role in that um but the second movie that i saw him in was the last black man in San Francisco. Okay. If you haven't seen that movie it, and then you like Jonathan Major's work, you have to see the last black man in San Francisco. Okay. He was <laughs> like I don't even want to give the movie away. Right. If you haven't seen it, but that was when I was like, oh, this dude is serious. Yeah. Like that was the movie that I said Anything else he's in, I want to watch. Yeah, White Boy Rick was cool. Yeah, but that was the movie I was like, I gotta watch everything else that he's in because he's a method actor. So he was completely into that character and in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and from then on, like you know, all the other roles that he was in, he killed. Right. Like people think he just came on the scene with uh, Lovecraft Country, right? No, like it was a build up to that, and then that's when he really caught even more eyes, specifically Disney. Right. Um, but it's sad, man. Um, it's it's sad that is it, you talking about an uh, a prominent actor that was pretty much on his way up, yeah, and it just came to a screeching halt. I don't. Cause Mar- you know Marvel was about to build every like the same way they built everything around Iron Man, not the Iron Man, but Thanos. 
Oh, Thanos. Okay, How Thanos oh, was. Oh, wow. He had his whole run. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, every every movie that led up to the Avengers and then ultimately the Avengers Endgame and all of that, yeah. they were building everything around him as the villain. Him as Kane. And, uh, Conqueror. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. like, they pretty much had to trash all of that. And yeah. the, the, <laughs> the only, and I, I'm a Marvel fan, yeah. the bittersweet thing for me is yes, Jonathan Majors is out the picture and they had to get rid of that character, but they about to bring Doom. Yeah. And Doom is my favorite villain. Right. But I mean, you know, uh it's it's sad because uh like I I think he's supposed to be doing like an interview with Gail King. He did. Uh, he's already done. Yeah, he's done. It's not yeah, it's not it just it, had been Yeah, well it's out. It's, it's out. It's out. I saw it on Good Morning America, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's out. It wasn't um, helpful for him at all. Um, <laughs> basically, you know, it was a situation where she asked some questions. Um, you know what I mean? It was just uh, the answers weren't. I don't know if he was. Well, I don't know if he was as prepared as he probably should have been for that. I see. Um, I didn't even know the shit was out because mm-hmm. uh, once when I saw he was saying, you know, making good was Coretta Scott King yeah. and uh. Also, uh, you know, MLK Day is tomorrow. It is. So, but <laughs> it's just so happy to be tomorrow. But right. when he said that, I'm like, and then, you know, by then it's already a recurring thing because he, you know, allegedly wanted the white girl to be more like Coretta Scott King. Yeah. And, and you um, know, it was a, um, <laughs> which is ridiculous. And this was a thing, right? Because he kind of explained like where he was at with it. And it, it, okay. It made sense when he explained it. And I kind of knew niggas be. Oh, he explained it in an interview. Yeah, yeah, she asked him about it. And <laughs> essentially, what he was saying was that he 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 was saying before behind every black man was this woman who supported him and sacrificed or whatever. He mentioned like Barack. Obama. Oh, he personalized this. Yeah, yeah he didn't yeah, say yeah. a strong black woman. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, he didn't. In the case of a white yeah, woman, a white woman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And what he was essentially was telling her was that, you know what I mean, like, I'm I'm a great man, I'm doing these things, blah, 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 and I need you to be this. Like, and he was saying that he was using them as examples. Example. Not necessarily, I need your white ass to be Coretta, because of course. But he was basically, he was, he was trying to say, because he said, like, you know, Barack has Michelle, Martin had Coretta. Like, that was, and I said, okay, that makes sense. And I felt like, and this is the problem, right, with that, right? Because it was funny, but it was like... You didn't know this conversation was going to be recorded and leaked. Like, this is you just talking to your girl saying, listen, this is what I need from you. You know what I mean? Like, I need you to be supportive. I need X, Y, and Z from you. She done recorded this shit, you know what I mean? Probably just sitting her friends, you know, this nigga asked me to be Coretta. Does he not see me? But, that, um, but. I think, and here, actually, I found a clip. So, I'm going to play a, a little bit of a clip. Oh, man. Um, and, actually... Actually, I found a clip of him talking about Coretta. Yeah. So let's play this. Let's play this first so you can just kind of get a grasp of, of Jonathan. He's an angel. She's held me down like, like, a, like, a, like a Coretta. What the fuck, y'all? God damn! That's wild. I didn't know that was that clip. He was actually talking about um, uh, Megan Good. Megan Good. And they asked about. But here, here actually, we'll play another clip from it and this is him talking about just the case in general 
Jonathan Major says he's not responsible for his ex-girlfriend's injuries, speaking out for the first time since a jury found him guilty of misdemeanor assault and harassment last month in a case that happened. Yeah, neither. We ain't playing no more clips. Listen, basically what he said was he ain't did that shit. Long story less long. But that was him explaining, him explaining basically his thing with Coretta was that he wanted her to be a strong black woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A strong woman. I keep saying black. A strong woman, you know, supporting him and his dreams and all that shit and sacrifices that she got or she going to have to make and he's got to make and blah, blah, blah. Very poor choice of words. Not handled correctly. But I also feel like, I, I think this points to other things. I think this points to the importance of having a strong team. Right? Because I don't want to say, oh, this is what happened when you fuck a white woman because I'm not that vain. Mm-hmm. I just think that for him... The shit happened. It was what it was. But after that shit happened, who was around you to, you know what I mean? Who was around you to um, kind of tell you, hey, bro, you tripping. Like, let's not do this. Like, let's do that. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. again, man, I just, <laughs> I hate to see it. I don't know if we've seen a quicker rise and fall. Of someone like he was literally like at superstar level, like he was knocking on the door, right? Like, right. And I'm talking from your role in Creed, your role in these Marvel movies, this Dennis Rodman movie, Lovecraft Country. Like, you were on an unprecedented run that was going to put you right there at the elite, mm-hmm. right? And to be honest with you, we I don't know if we have too many elite young black actors, and he's he's our age. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, we don't have too many. Like, there, there was that stretch where you had, like, the Denzels and the Eddies I, and all those guys, right, who, like, these are elite-level actors. If they in your movie, and, you know, Morgan Freeman, like, these niggas are elite-level actors. If you got them in your movie, your right. movie immediately has um, validity, right? It's a, immediately, it's already, oh, okay, cool. And you know Denzel in that shit. Oh, Denzel in it, it got to be. Gotta be, you know what I mean. Like it's not even something to question. Like he was on that level where it's like, yo, Jonathan Majors and that shit, that shit got. Or they start asking, have you seen that new Jonathan Majors movie? Right, right. And I think Green Bay about to fumble this bag. You heard me first. Hear it here first. Mm. They really about fumble that bag. They didn't cut that shit down to sixteen. Just enough time. Um, (laughs) you know what I mean. But it, I so devotion. Have you seen have you seen Devotion? No. Devotion was a movie where he uh he played the movie where he was the I think he was the pilot. Um that was the movie where no, I'm sorry. He was the first black aviator in the US Navy history. Okay. And you know, he had a friendship with a another guy, I think his name was Tom Hudner. And he was a white guy. So he was basically going into the Navy, the first to do something. It was basically, a, uh, he was breaking barriers. Right. That movie was, his acting in that movie was crazy. Like, he was method acting. And that's when I said, oh, he's on the Denzel trajectory. Right. Like, he's headed down that road. Creed Three was good. Right. It was, you know, it was Creed Three. He definitely, you know, we can't even talk about him versus Michael B. Jordan, I feel, because right. it, Jonathan Major was going to win that. Right. Um, but devotion in particular was when I really said, like, okay, he's he's arrived. Right. Um, and 
you know, I was, it, it was a movie that was being teased um, called Magazine Dreams. Mm-hmm. And the Magazine Dreams was about him being, uh, I think he was a bodybuilder and he went through all the, the ups and downs and the waves that people that really get into that industry, they was going to dive into everything that bodybuilders go through. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a story about that. Right. That got trashed. Um, that, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, man. Um, because like you said, we don't have a bunch of, uh, we don't have a lot of new up and coming black actors, even the ones before him, Nate Parker got into some shit, mm-hmm. you know, and this was something that happened years in his past and yeah. it just caught up to him. Yep. Even my man, uh, what's my guy's name? That was on, um, on scandal. I know you about to say on scandal. Uh, what's my man's name? Um, when we got caught, he was drinking and all that shit, man. I cannot think of bro's name, but it's been a few. It's been a few that, that again, are on that cusp. Like, okay, cool. You can make some shit shake. Jason yeah. Mitchell? Yeah, Jason Mitchell's Jason one Jason Mitchell's well. alone. You ain't heard nothing yeah, from him since. Yeah, yeah, if you was, have, it's on Prime. Yeah, absolutely. And that was from, uh, <laughs> he was on uh, The Shot, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah the Shot yeah. got caught up with him and old girl gone now. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's yeah, it's a situation, bro. That's it's very very tough, and you and that's kind of why I, I. That's what makes it tough for me because again, I recognize we don't have a lot of these great black young actors like we did before, and it's not even for me a a, a point of them having to be black. Mm-hmm. It's more so a point of that representation, right? Of seeing, you know what I mean? Us in these roles doing these things, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like people love to point to the fact that Denzel didn't get a, a, a Emmy until um, he won until training day, right? He didn't, um, was it, was it just training day or was it, he didn't win for glory, right? Yeah, he didn't win for glory. He didn't get shit until training day. Right. So all the roles he did before that, so Glory, all these other films that he was in, the, all the great films, you know, all we great films we supposed been, to just so, act like those are null and void. Right. He doesn't know. There's no. He again. There's no wins until you playing this crooked cop. Right. Right. All these other movies, you don't get any. You which know, which is what I mean? bullshit. Yeah. Which is crazy, right? So it's like you got these other actors coming in, and he broke that barrier down now because it's known. So now you you know I mean these other actors that we know, the Will Smiths and all of them, like they're no longer. In that, you know what I mean? In that upcoming guy necessarily range. You know what I mean? Like, that's not the case no more. So, again, for me, it's just representation. Like, having these guys play these big roles, you know what I mean? Um, That makes it tough. You know what I mean? Mm Because, again, we don't have it. It's not enough of it. You know? So, I don't know. Jonathan Major's whole situation bothers me. You know what I mean? Based in that. You know what I mean? Because... I want us to have those things. I mean, Chadwick died. You know, we lost Chadwick. Right. You know, I mean, Michael B. Jordan is doing what he's doing. You know what I mean? But but we had a group. You know what I mean? Even um, a man um, from uh, from um, Snowfall, right? Like you were mm-hmm. getting this group of guys that were kind of all right. Bet we carrying the torch. Mm-hmm. So seeing them losing bit by bit, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't know what the damage is from old boy uh, breaking up with Lori Harvey is going to be. You know, but Lori Harvey has destroyed many of a black man. And I just really, really hope that he can come back from that. Cause it's gonna be tough, man. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. I think I think you'll be all right. Um, and so I don't know. I ain't seen too many <clears throat> you know, future been having a hard time since since he saw fucking well no, nah, he got this. Yeah. He got this. I, I think you'll be all right. Um you know, but 
even going back to Jonathan Majors, like the two most, the the two biggest actors that we have to even think back on when we was coming up was, mm-hmm. you know, is is synonymous is Denzel and Samuel Jackson. Right. You know, eventually, you know, they 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 gonna go sit down. So mm-hmm. my my thing with Jonathan Majors, I was hoping that. You know, eventually he'll be the one to open the door mm-hmm. for the next generation is coming in because he's like I said he's our age. Yep. So, you know, if Denzel and Samuel Jackson could be doing it at the age they're at, yep. he has so much further to go. And I think Marvel was just going to be, of course, that was going to be the biggest. Um, but yeah. that was and, and he the, was just getting to his feet wet. And the thing is, Jonathan fit that role so perfectly, and just, and yeah. we say that a lot. Because we only saw one person in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it's true, right? Like, just even physique-wise, like, he looked you like... You couldn't see no yeah, nobody else. Yeah, nobody else that can act that well with that sort of physique. You know what I mean? Who, who fits his role is perfect, right? Now, I think John David Ross Washington is in that mix of being a, a great right. actor as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But... No, that's still you know going to be a thing, right? Like that's still you know, and he doesn't obviously he's not gonna play that role, but he he's in that group of guys who can carry the torch, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously that being Denzel's son, but but um, he definitely got it on his own merit too, though. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He yeah. didn't want anyone to know who his father was. Like people right. knew, but he didn't want that to be the reason why he get role. And that movie he did with uh, fuck what's short's name, um, Zoe? Is it was a Zoe? Oh, um, you know what I'm talking about, man. Yeah. Damn, I gotta look it up now. Like, and the funny part about that movie was literally that shit was nothing but monologues, nothing but monologues, mm-hmm. right? But that, I mean, to me, very powerful ass movie, man. Like, I gotta find that shit. I forgot he played for the Rams. Yeah, you know he went to Morehouse and all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Malcolm and Mary. Malcolm and Marie. Malcolm, Malcolm and Marie. Marie. Yeah, Malcolm yeah. and Marie. Um, and, uh, him and Zen, uh, yeah, Denzaya. Zendaya. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Zendaya. A great, great movie. All right, shifting gears a little bit, man. Um, got that out the way. A lot of times, you know, the women who listen to podcasts don't want to hear sports shit, but we all get about at least 20 minutes of sports before we wrap this bitch up. The Atlanta Falcons have fired their coach, thank God, <laughs> have also decided maybe, just maybe, we need a quarterback. Maybe. Right. Just maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Take another receiver. Fuck it. Get my elite neighbors. Call it a day. What's Brock Bowers doing? Let's get another tight end, huh? Let's <laughs> double it up, right? Let's go Aaron Hernandez and Grock together. See what the happens. The best right? Madden roster you can think oh of. Oh, my Let's God. Yo, I've won games on matter with the Falcons strictly because of the skill guys. Because the quarterback stinks. Poo. <laughs> <laughs> Awful. <laughs> but, um... But yeah, man. So, what are your immediate thoughts, man? Me and you text damn near daily about the state of the franchise. Yes. Um. You know what I mean. And you know, I've made my my thoughts known. You know what I mean. You as well. Um. You know what I mean. I think that you're a lot more positive. Uh, when it comes to the Falcons and their decisions, than I am. It would seem um, so, though, right? It, yeah, it would. It would seem so. Yeah, you know, nah, I, I definitely. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, you. Know, well, because normally what the the conversations are, yo, we fucking suck. You know what I mean? That's and the you, overall. Yeah, yeah, and you're theme. you're you're normally like, man, listen, man, like I get it, but we do got this going and this. You know, what I mean, we there. You give me valid I, reasons for why maybe we don't stink. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a explain. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I try 
to be an optimist when it comes to the Falcons, even yes. though it's hard as hell come Sunday. Absolutely. Every Sunday it show you. It show you. It show you why. At the beginning of the year, I, I try to, you know, be positive because what I'm going to say to anybody else that's, you know, that that's not a fan, like what I'm not say nothing, I got to have something. Yeah. So I yeah. try to be like, hey, we be all right. Like, yeah. we suck. I know that. Like, I'm not a... And forgive me to all the Dallas Cowboys fans, but I'm not going to tell you every year it's our year. Yeah. Like, no, that's not realistic. Like, I do understand we're working progress. It's been a work in progress. Goddamn. But uh, I try to have a level of, you know, uh, patience as hard as it is. Yeah. And I always, like, every off season, it just seemed like, you know, it's a, it's a roller coaster. I think the difference with this particular season was that we made a lot of the right moves. Right. Um, and I think that that led to some, in my opinion, some very valid optimism, right? Like, okay, cool. Like, our defense should be pretty good. And it was. A little expectations. Um, one of the main things that I pointed to was the fact that I just didn't feel like we had a quarterback. And looking at this in today's league, because of the amount of points being scored, like, we're looking at a game right now you know what I mean, a playoff game where 80 points are on the board, you know what I mean, combined. Mm -hmm. And I, I just look at it like, well, damn, you have to be able to score. You got to right? score. You got to score. So the days of Trent Dilfer being your quarterback and winning the Super Bowl or, or Brad Johnson being your quarterback in the Super Bowl are long gone. Like, it's just not a thing, right? Like, you have to have a quarterback who can win a game with his arm, with his legs, with his playmaking ability. And I felt like who we had at quarterback and Desmond Ritter just wasn't it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I I understood all the things. He's won here. He won at Cincinnati. He's a consistent winner. He only lost, He hadn't lost a game at home since high school. And, mm -hmm. and all the shit, right? I, I get it. But some guys just have it. Some guys don't. And in my estimation, Desmond didn't have it. And you know what I mean? We saw him for four games. And people said, well, he needs more time to, to develop. And I said, okay, I get that. But are we in a position as a franchise where we're trying to develop a quarterback? Like, are we like, no, right. The, the money they spent on that defense, the offensive guys they had behind them, the money spent on that whole line. Like you're not in let's develop a quarterback. And if you're going to develop a position, mm -hmm. the last position you want to develop with the win now roster is a quarterback. Like, unless he's the guy and you never know, you know what I'm saying? Like no one really knew what Tom Brady was. Everybody thought, the Patriots season was over when Drew Brasso went down. Mm -hmm. We had no clue, right? Like, no one really knew what Big Ben was until he came in. You know what I'm saying? So, that that also is the case. But for me, I felt like the, the Atlanta Falcons franchise had been plagued by two different issues. One, and I think the main issue, the main kind of point that we could point to with them having these issues was they had people who always thought they were the smartest ones in the room. Mm -hmm. Right We can do this Because we smarter than y'all We know better than y'all Right Like I know y'all don't like this Because y'all don't really know football I'm gonna show you What this looks like We are gonna win with a value pick At quarterback Everybody else is like Yo I need number one overall pick mm -hmm. Fuck it We watched what Houston did Houston had I believe the third overall pick No the second overall pick And then traded up 
to get the third overall pick. Yo, we're going to build a great. So now they literally are going to kind of mirror the Jets in having the offensive and defensive player rookie of the year right. in the same season because they invested in it. Yo, fucking take these draft picks, do whatever. Even the, the Browns, right? Now, obviously, the shine hasn't worked out for them, but they were willing to say, man, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? This is what we're going to do. And you know what I mean? We're going we gonna to take this chance. We're going to give these picks up. We're going to invest in quarterback position. I feel like they grossly overpaid them, but that was the market at the time. Um, they wanted to win. You know what I mean? So they took that chance. I think the Falcons, the last time the Falcons swung for the – well, the Falcons swung for the fences, in my opinion, twice. They swung for the fences with Julio. Mm-hmm. Hit a home run. And they swung for the fences when they traded up to get Michael Vick. And you hit it home. Right? You had no idea about the other shit that was coming down the pipe. But you swung for the fences two different times. You hit a home run. The last two times you drafted the quarterback, you had a franchise guy both times. And Matt Ryan, and that's Michael Vick. You've done this. You've shown that this is your – you've seen it. Mm-hmm. You've seen it work out for you. Matt Ryan gave us, what, 10 years? Mm-hmm. 12 of, of, of above average to elite, depending on the season quarterback play. First year with Matt Ryan, we went a damn division. Lose to the Giants, who eventually won a Super Bowl. Was he not rookie of the year? Yeah, rookie of the year. Absolutely. Rookie of the year. We lose to the Giants in the playoffs. The same Giants that didn't go and beat the Patriots. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not like we lost to some scrap. You know what I mean? Like, we we lost to a Super Bowl champion. Cool. I'll tell you that. That's going to be our L. Cool. And then we built from there. And from there, you know, Matt Ryan had a very successful run as quarterback with the Falcons. Probably the most successful quarterback in Falcon history. I was just about to say, yeah. um, you know, for – for anybody that's <laughs> been watching the Falcons over the years mm-hmm. and uh, anybody who wants to say, oh, Matt Ryan wasn't shit. Listen, Matt Ryan is by far the greatest quarterback we've ever had as a franchise. I will also say Vic that. was the most exciting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But Unless- Matt's the only one. Matt is the only one that can really say, hell, okay, I don't want an MVP. That year that we went to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. we don't get there if he don't go crazy and then spread the ball around. Absolutely. He I beat know. out Brady that year. Yeah, absolutely. And and we had, what, if not the worst defense, the second we to had, worst? We had the worst, one of the worst defenses in the league all year that turned it around. That turned it around in the, playoff, in the, playoffs, in the playoffs, which worked up. out. Yeah, and, and it becoming one of the top defenses in that playoff run and made, made a lot of history up to the Super Bowl. They made other history. Right. Um, so, yeah, no, absolutely. And for me, that was my thing. Like, But a lot of people are going to talk down on Matt Ryan. I can say that, you know, if we went franchise by franchise and we talked about quarterbacks and who's the best quarterback to come through your franchise, Matt's going to be above a lot of y'all's. He's you know got I mean, top quarterbacks. But, um, you know, Matt was an easy scapegoat. You know what I mean? Matt wasn't the guy who was, like you said, as exciting as Mike Vick at all. I think one thing one, one thing I do want to kind of bury is this whole the Falcons got to do right by Michael Vick before they start winning. Like, Michael Vick did that shit to himself. Right. The Falcons didn't do shit to Michael Vick. They didn't do anything to Michael Vick that any other team wouldn't have done. And they still letting him in the building. Absolutely. So it's not like what they doing wrong by him. He they doing put, the season, put, this past put, season he was on he yeah. was doing promo with Big Boy. They put Roddy White <laughs> in the ring of honor had Michael Vick right next to him. If this is what they're saying it is, Mike's not in like you said, he's not in the building. Like right. you're not someone who who's at training camp. You're not someone who's still revered as a Falcons legend. You're not someone that when when Bijan says I want number 7 
that there's not a whole post about that down number seven in ATL. Like, there's right. a reason. They, it's recognized, like, what Michael Vick was. Again, Michael Vick made a mistake. Right. You know what I mean? And as a franchise, you can't just hold on to him. You know what I mean? And wait on him like you, you know what I mean? A, a down ass bitch. Like, I'm a riding my nigga out here in jail. I'm going to wait on him to get out. Like, mm. nah, bro. Like, it's a business. In the day, people lose jobs mm-hmm. over this shit. People feed their families off of this. So, waiting on you who decided that, you know what I mean? We're going to fight dogs and I'm going to find this dog fighting ring. Like, we're going to wait on you? No, that's stupid. Those are all that's dumb. decisions he made. Yeah, you made. So, you got to live on that, you know, living down the hill. I've never heard Arthur Blank talk negatively about Michael Vick. You know what I mean? Obviously, it wasn't a source of contention. As a, so I remember I was reading something recently, and they were talking about how the Falcons could have had um, Lamar Jackson if Arthur Smith, Arthur Blank wasn't worried about the looks he'd get from other owners at these meetings. And they said that was a big part of it, was that he was really worried about his reputation as an owner if he gave. Because they talked about how when Lamar went onto the market and said, I want to be traded, no one called. Collusion. Yeah, there's a lot of collusion in that. And they were saying that a lot of it was it was that. And they were saying that Arthur didn't want to be a part of that. You know what I mean? Um, to the detriment of his franchise, but he didn't want to be a part of that. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, you can tell this wasn't that because Philly picked him up. You know what I mean? It wasn't mm-hmm. Arthur saying, hey, man, we ain't fucking with this guy. Philly mm-hmm. picked him up. Mm-hmm. He beat out Donovan McNabb and got the starting job. Mm-hmm. Then he ended up in a uh, pit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Played for the Steelers for a year. Then he ended up in fucking New York, you know, retired as a Jet, if I remember correctly, right? right. So, you know what I mean? So, but let's stop with that shit. Like, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, the Falcons have had opportunities to to get over the hump and then the Super Bowl being the main one, right? And we keep pointing to that. The Super Bowl being the main one. He did everything right, and you didn't finish. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But and I tell people even now, Arthur Smith, like a lot of people point to Arthur Smith as a coach. My opinion of Arthur is kind of different than everybody else's because I don't feel like his issues were in game. Like the issues that he had was what he did in games as an actual coach. I think his biggest and the ultimate death blow was him hitching his wagon to Desmond Ritter. And when he said, This is my, I can win with him. Because I know the question had to be asked. There's no way to stage and say, Can you win with this kid? Mm-hmm. And he said, Yes. All right. Because you had two years of seven and 10. This year, we expect in a weak division, we expect a division championship. We just, we expect to host a playoff game, mm-hmm. right? We expect this. If you don't reach expectations, this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. If you, you know what I mean, then the whole quotes about losing the locker room came out and all that shit. It's like, well, the, the guys love them. No, you lost the locker room because look at the way you finish. Right. Four four games. If you win one of those four games, you part in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, if you win two to the four, you're still in the playoffs, right? You get your ass whooped by the – you get your ass whooped – in, in the last week by the Saints, which is the ultimate sin as a head, as a Falcons head coach. You yeah. know what I mean? You lose that that game in Carolina, and to me, that should have been it. That was the, that was it. The, Car- that the was Carolina it. game is when I felt like yeah, he should have been gone that yeah. afternoon. Yeah, and I and, and for <laughs> me, I do, I do appreciate not firing him in season. I felt like that's always been a pointless thing, especially if it's going to be that late. Mm-hmm. Like now, sometimes you do it early enough, right? Like Josh McDaniels in, in Oakland, and you see, damn, we actually have a pretty good coach. And I was excited to see the Falcons requested an interview, um, AP, because I would love to have him in Atlanta. I feel like he fits what Atlanta would want. You get him a quarterback. He has he has um history mm-hmm. for uh, Jaden Daniels because he coached him in high school. Like, high I school. think that's a really good fit, marriage type deal, right? He knows how to deal with him. He clearly knows the kid, knows his family. 
and it's somebody you bring him into Atlanta, you know, as a quarterback and your head coach is essentially serving as his mentor. You know what I mean? And it as could a, be a package deal because yeah, exactly. Max Crosby was like, all right, if he gone, I'm gone. Absolutely. And you know what I mean? And that could be a thing as well, right? Like, how does this work? I know the Raiders haven't talked to anybody. They haven't requested any interviews. They haven't talked to anybody yet. You know what I mean? So that could be a thing. Now, again, do I think the Falcons get AP and Max Crosby? No. I think the Raiders. That'll be I think, yeah. I, I think I think the Falcons tell. I'm not. I think the Raiders tell Max Crosby, shut the fuck up. You gonna play whoever we we you have, and it is what it is. Right. You know what I mean? Like I understand you wanting this guy, but it you know, hey, look, it he, is what he, it is. He really rock with him. Like, yeah, he do. He do a lot of guys do. Devontae Adams said the same thing. He really like, but he's probably gone. But that's yeah. You know, he's probably gone. He's probably gonna be a new uh, a New York Jet next year, catching pass from Aaron Rodgers. So, um, to me, I, I just think that is very important for the Falcons this time around to get this shit right. Very important. More important than ever for them to get this shit right. Um, My fear is Arthur Blank making a decision based on his age and wanting to see this team win the championship before he uh, goes to the upper room, right? Desperation. Yeah, desperation. We talked about Belichick. To me, the thing about Belichick, because I know everybody said, well, we signed, we we bring in Belichick, and we're going to be in the same boat in two years. And I was like, the only boat that would be similar is that we're looking for a coach. But I – also feel as if if Belichick came in, and this isn't me making an endorsement of Belichick, I made it clear the guy I want is Harbaugh, and if he's willing, I want uh, Antonio Pierce. Like, Antonio Pierce is my top candidate in Harbaugh. Those are the guys I would want in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But if that's not going to be the case, you know what I mean? If Belichick is the option, I would be okay with it because if he can turn this team into a winning team, a respected team, this whole head coaching position looks different in two years. Now people are not knocking down our door to be the coach of the Falcons because, shit, you got a, a quarterback who's in his third year. You got an offensive line that's immaculate. Drake London should have kind of risen to be one of the top receivers in the league by this point. Kyle Pitts is whatever he should be turned into. If not, he'll probably be gone by that point. You know, your defense is young enough to where you got the guys. You know what I mean? So it's a franchise to want to be a part of to where head coaches are leaving their team to come to yours because of what you've built there. And I think that, to me, is the the lore of bringing in a Belichick or even a Pete Carroll, right? Like an older guy who ain't going to be here five, ten years, but he can get you on that right track. You know what I mean? You bring him in for one year, then the next year he brings in an associate head coach that eventually succeeds him as head coach, right? And, and you get locked into an actual culture. Because that's what the Falcons don't have. We don't have a culture. I've always said we – the Falcons, I cannot think of beside the Super Bowl year where the Falcons have ever been able to say, this is what we do. And this right. is what we do well. You know what I mean? We are we are an offense. Like, um, for example, the Rams. Like, we knew that offense was A1 off top. We knew that offense did, right? The 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 um, Chiefs, right? The defense is kind of caught up because the receivers aren't there for them this year. But it's always been Pat Mahomes in that offense is going to put up points and what you're going to do with it. Right. You know what I mean? The Dolphins have been a track meet every single year. The Eagles, you know what I mean? Like, we've seen these teams with identities. The Ravens, that defense. The Ravens' defense has been a thing since we've been kids. Mm-hmm. They won Super Bowl in 2000. It's 2024. And that defense is still with the first thing you think about in Baltimore. That's 24 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A whole different cast of, a cast of guys that have been there. But the defense is what you think about when you think the Baltimore Ravens. Right. You know what I mean? Still, The Steelers are the same way. Like, that that's been their identity for years, and I think that's what's going to be very important for the Falcons to build 
next year and going forward? Like, what are we going to be? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you want to build? What do you want to be known for? Like, the Patriots' offenses have been what they've been, but their defenses under Belichick has been what you knew was going to be the consistent every year. Mm-hmm. Brady may not have the stars. When he got him, with, he going to throw 50 touchdowns like he did with Randy Moss. You know what I mean? But to me, I think that's the biggest part of this shit, man. Like, the Falcons got to – they got to drop their nuts and swing for the fences, man. They got to. You literally – and that's what I mean. You talked the other day and you were saying, man, honestly, I don't know what the fuck we going to do. I know what we should do. But with this regime, I don't know what we're going to do. And I said, bro, we had literally, there's no choice. Mm-hmm. There's literally no choice. Like, anything opposite of what we all know should happen literally is is just, at that point, the team needs to be sold. Incompetence. Yeah, exactly. It's incompetence. Like, the team has to be sold. Like, you're no longer a competent owner. Like, <laughs> you, you, you can't do this anymore. <clears throat> My only thing, um, and uh, we... We text about it. So I'm not completely opposed to Belichick coming over to the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing was, uh, you know, Belichick has always had full control over everything that he's been a part of, specifically mm-hmm. the the Patriots, obviously, because, yeah. you know, it was like 24, 26 years or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So, and you look at what he's done over the last what three four years, like right. last year with them winning four games. They, I, I'm pretty sure Robert Kraft looked at that like, you know, this is happening on your watch, and in particular because you've had full control over this. Mm-hmm. Like you benched Matt Jones two three times, and and then like looked for you know fixing Bailey Zap or whatever. Like yeah, uh, and. I think they got to get it right this year. And I'll, my the biggest thing is, and people don't realize this, Rich McKay, who's the CEO of the Atlanta Falcons, him and Belichick have actually bumped heads before right. because Rich McKay is the chairman of the committee competition. Right, competition committee. The competition committee. So uh, it's I, I, I'm not opposed to Belichick coming. Yeah. But my only thing is, like, let's make sure that we exhaust yeah. all of our, and let's not just make, let's make sure we exhaust all of our options and it's not just a snap decision. Yeah. Or just because we're going with Belichick just because of the namesake or the legacy right. yeah. and not finding, like, because yeah. I told you my list was Harbaugh. I agree with you on Harbaugh. Yeah. Like, everywhere he's went, he's he's won. Every level, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't care whether, whether he... Just now getting to the the ultimate goal or not? Yep, he's been in the mix. Yep, and he's developed quarterbacks, which is something we're going to need, right? With this next group coming in, with his with his draft class, we're going to even develop a quarterback, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been the list that I got. It's been Harbaugh, Belichick. I would throw number two. Okay. Um, and it's just, now this is let me be specific. This is far as head coaches right. and if you're going off of names those are the two names and then third would be Pete Carroll yeah as far as the offensive coordinator I would say Ben Johnson what he's been doing with Detroit mm-hmm. like you look at Sam LaPorta and but you got a Cal Pitts mm-hmm. you look at um Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs you got Bajan Robinson Tyler Algier. 
Yeah. You got, you know, um, over there, Saint. Yeah. Then you got Drake right. over here. So it's some similarities in the way he's able to actually scheme up things. Ben Johnson. Yeah. Uh, aside from him, I mean, you look at Slowick. Yeah. Slowick is another guy. Slowick actually came from, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he came from under that Shanahan tree, right? Right. So he's worked with Mike Shanahan. He's also worked with Cal Jen and his son. Yeah. And he's the uh, offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans, who obviously have helped <laughs> make C.J. Stroud. Yep. Done more or less. You know, so. I think, yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think that one thing that we got to be careful with is feeling like each situation is going to mirror each other in the belief that because Belichick had this much power here, that mm-hmm. he has that much there. Um, and, and I told you that through via text. I'm like, you know what I mean? Yeah. If it's a situation where he wants the same sort of power that he had in New England, I don't think he gets the job to begin with. Right. Um, I felt like if the Falcons bring him in, a conversation is had, like, yo, listen, we have a GM who handles personnel. He's handling personnel. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have input as head coach, but he runs that. Mm-hmm. And if you, you're saying, no, listen, I need this. Right. Okay, well, we don't bring you in. Like, And I think that's what my point was. Well, if they bring Belichick in, I don't think that's a thing. Right. I don't see them bringing that, doing that. Now, to be honest with you, and seeing, you know, we watching Dallas lose, I would not be surprised if Mike McCarthy is fired. Oh, he's if gone. If Mike McCarthy's fired, I would not be surprised seeing that the Cowboys owner is who he is. I do not. I would not be surprised if Bill Belichick is their coach next year. Would not be surprised mm. at all. Now, obviously, we could see the butt, the head butting of of. of of um Jerry Jones and, and Belichick would have this power struggle. That's a lot of ego. But it is, it is. But I feel like there's also a mutual respect there. I feel like Belichick also has um because and the thing with Belichick is I feel like this is a, a real what have you done for me lately type of situation. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about twenty four years as a head coach and twenty of those years has been excellence. And I have I lose the greatest quarterback of all time and now I'm struggling and now we're saying look you fucking up. I lost the greatest quarterback of all time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I led the greatest comebacks to the Super Bowl of all time, right? Like, let me get an opportunity to build. Like, because when I think about it, yeah, granted, you had Tom Brady. You also had Rob Gronkowski. You had some really good players on that team mm-hmm. outside of Brady. It's not like you had all of those guys the next year and you lost. It's not the Bulls, you know what I mean, in, in 93 a 94, you know, me all of a sudden become a lottery team because Mike lost. No, mm-hmm. Phil still kept them winning. You know what I mean? Like, we had the same group. Now, it's easy to say, okay, just because of Mike, if Phil fucked around and, and went to the lottery the next year. Right. Like, nah, look, we, I got the same guys. I'm doing the same thing. Bill was coaching a different group. Not making excuses for Bill. I just think it's real easy to get caught up in these, these blinders of what have you done for me lately? Have you won for me this year? Blah, blah, blah. And you just in a situation where it's like, well, damn, give me a chance to, to do what I've done before. Mm-hmm. I've shown, like, it's kind of a reverse of, like, I've shown what I can do. Give me a chance to do it. But the flip side could be you did that 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago as a, as a, co- as a coach. Do you have now at 72 the energy to put into the scouting, into the – the film work into that. Like, what are you doing? And, you know, the other part of it, too, is I think that's very valid 
is looking at your coaching tree, right? Mm-hmm. I watch Romeo Cornell. I watch um, uh, what's my man? Um, Frank, not Frank Wise. Um, Charlie Wise. Charlie Wise. Um, I watched uh, Mike, Mike Vabre. Mike Vabre is the only one I can think of that came from your tree as a successful head coach in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when I look at that, I'm like, mm, well, how much of it maybe was Brady, right? Because at first we thought it was just Bill, and they just won connects with Bill. Then Bill lost Brady, and Bill started losing. Like, oh, shit. Like, so you never really know. And like I said, Bill isn't my top choice, but I don't feel bad about the pickup because I can see where that could go. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see Belichick being able to develop a quarterback? Like if if I, if oh. the if the move is – like, say we do bring in Belichick. Then the next move is, all right, let's get a quarterback out yeah. the draft. Do yeah. you see him being able to develop? I don't a, I don't think that he is going to take on that task. Cause I, think, that, I think that what he's going to become in that, essentially, is I'm, I'm not going to develop this quarterback. He didn't develop Tom Brady. He's not a quarterback coach. But no. I think what he would be able to do is delegate who does do that. Right? I think that's going to be – that, that's what his role is now. He doesn't have the talent on the team. But I think that's going to be more of his role. As his figurehead, and I'm delegating, these are like, this is what I want. This is what I want this shit to look like, and this is who I want to do. And I think that's kind of where his value lies, okay. as opposed to him being this guy who's in the mix and in the weeds. Because to be honest with you, I don't want my coach developing singular players, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how much hands-on work John Harbaugh puts in with J.J. McCarthy, right? Like, I don't know. It's sure, I'm sure it's something. I'm sure it's probably significant. But in the grand scheme, I don't want you doing this and making those decisions and consistently in the room with my quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. I don't think Pete Carroll had a whole lot to do with Geno. I think Pete Carroll's a really good coach, but I think he has guys around him who could help develop a quarterback and bring Geno back. Geno's a vet, you know what I mean? Geno was a good quarterback coming out of college. You know what I mean? He didn't need the right, right situation. I mean, look at what he has in Seattle as opposed to what he had when he was in New York and all these other stops. Like, it wasn't that. You came into a really good situation. You had a good offensive line. You had a great rookie running back. You had good receivers. You know what I mean? Like, you you, you didn't come into a bare cupboard. You know what I mean? Now, granted, you would see the expectations because you could also have a great group and falter. But you literally came in and picked up where Russell Wilson left off. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, your numbers are pretty comparable to Russell. You know what I mean? So I think that's more so that. But, no, to answer your question, no, I don't expect him to develop a quarterback, but I wouldn't want him to be the guy for that. I would want him to find someone who can. You know what I mean? Um, I think that would be very optimal in him delegating that task to someone who's competent enough to do it. You know what I mean? But because it's been shown what can happen with a great quarterback. I mean, that Falcons team, we talk about it once the Super Bowl. We talk about a Mike McDaniel. We talk about a man LaFleur. We talk about Kyle Shanahan, all key members of this offensive staff, and you see what that offense looked like, and you see what these guys' offenses look like with them out. We see what mm-hmm. Miami looks like. We see what, um, you know what I mean? We see what um, the, Niners. What the Niners look like, mm-hmm. and we see what Green Bay just who put 48 up on uh, Dallas <laughs> looks like, right? Like we're seeing their fingerprints and what they did, and we look at the way they use tight ends, George Kittle. We see the way the tight ends from Green Bay look today. You know what I mean? Like, we see what these guys look like next to them. Hey, you know, it could be a thing. So, I don't know, man. In this coaching search, I really think that, you know what I mean, we got to hit the ball out of the park. We got to be creative. We got to look at it. I like some of the guys that we're interviewing. 
Um, you know what I mean? I really do. I think that, um, again, my, I really would like Adrian, um, not Adrian, um, Antonio Pierce as our head coach. Because, um, again, not to make it race related, but I do think a black coach in Atlanta will be big. And, you know, money is, a, is, a, is always a factor. So driving yeah. in tickets, you got a black head coach and a black quarterback in a black city like Atlanta, that's mm-hmm. a draw. That's a draw. Even if it doesn't work, it's a draw for a few years. Um, one coach um, to close out that they've been mentioning as a Falcons head coach for some odd reason has been Coach Kirby Smart. <laughs> um, I don't know if people really realize what Kirby has at Georgia. That's social media, man. Um, and I know it's easy. You know what I mean? And also, let's, be, let's call it space. People really don't like Georgia winning. No. Like, they don't like that shit. They don't like the fact that Georgia fans can say, yo, shut the fuck up. Yeah. We X, Y, and Z. Like, they don't like the fact that we lost one game in three years. And to be honest with you, though we didn't make the playoff, it was a known fact we were the best team in the country. Right. To the fact that Georgia fans not even – like, I don't even see a lot of Georgia fans complaining. No. Like, oh, That's right. how comfortable yeah, we are. Yeah, right like, okay. Y'all got it. Don't worry yeah. about it. And then I look at what Kirby – literally – I'm watching Curry play chess, mm-hmm. right? I'm looking at the coaches they bring in, right? Cool. Number one quarterback in 20. We lost out on Dylan. Cool. Mm-hmm. Number one quarterback in 2026. Um, Juju, um, I forgot the kid's last name, uh, from up in um, Bumblefuck, Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got you got the Juju. number one DB. Yeah, number one DB. You know what I mean? You got all these guys, you know what I mean? But in 2026, you got this kid who could be a franchise, not franchise, a program-changing talent, committed to USC. So who do you go get? The DB coach who's recruiting him. His right. main recruiter, you bring him two hours away from him now. Mm-hmm. Who I talked to you and told you to come to USC, I went to Georgia for a reason, and I'm two hours. I still got the direct line of contact. Now you ain't calling me, you know what I mean, and we dealing with time, you know, time zones and shit. Yo, I'm right here. Mm-hmm. I'll pull up to your game. I'll come holler at you. Same way. Those relationships don't change because they left schools. You know what I mean? Like, that shit doesn't change. You know what I mean? So, um, huge. And then I look at, you know, them going to get the safeties coach from Bama. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I see a kid like Caleb Downs who, you know what I mean, should have been a dog to begin with. Now Saban's gone. And that's the point that I want to kind of bring up as we close out. Nick Saban is retired as Alabama head coach. Are the tie done? <laughs> it's really that simple. Uh, you know, I'm loving it. It's, it's been uh, a great year. It's been a great year. year. I this, said. This, this is a great year. 2024 is going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing because the minute the news came through, mm-hmm. I said, oh, you can ring us now. Yeah. You can ring us now. And it's not even so much as that. Bama was such a threat because we was coming regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I, let me just go ahead and say that. We was coming regardless. The fact he's retiring and now you're looking to, you know, get another coach in is going to try to uh, – they're not going to say it, outright say it, but you're looking to replicate that because fans ain't going – fans is going to be relentless and say, hey, you got to do what Saban did. That's how Bama. I guarantee you, that's how Bama fans looking at this. We need coaches? him to do just as well how as many, Saban. How many coaches does Bama go through in the next five years? Next ten years? Oh speed? man, um, I put over under it too. I think this guy last two years. He's gone. Right. I think a young assistant uh, gets that job and he's gone. You know what? I was more. Uh, I was more surprised they didn't actually hire somebody that was already there. 
Me too, because I look at recruiting as being a big thing, and he though Washington doesn't. I look at where he his stops were. He doesn't have a lot of ties here, Mm-mm. and Saban knew to win. You have to recruit Georgia. You right. got to recruit Florida. You got to recruit Bama. And you got to have them ties. When when Kirby goes on this this whole thing, right, that whole first day out thing, where they're at all the schools in Georgia, mm-hmm. and they up and down literally Georgia the whole all for a whole two three days mm-hmm. recruiting. Like you gotta have relationships with these coaches. You gotta know these guys. These it guys gotta something. know you. It means something. These head coaches gotta know some shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and you gotta know these coaches. That's what you know the the hiring of Dell McGee, like him being on staff for so long. Like that's the lore of that. Like he's a legendary coach in Georgia. If Dell mm-hmm. calls you, you answer. Right. He's Dell. You know what I mean? He's a good guy, known guy, you know, respected. You know what I mean? Guy. So for me it's like um I don't see, and I love seeing this, but I don't see Alabama. They going to shit. Yeah, they going to shit. I mean, and these kids are leaving. I mean, Isaiah Bond just committed to the five star yeah. the, the same night. Yeah, I was, I was at work the same night he retired. Like not even maybe an hour Ryan later, was gone. the five star was like another one. Just another one just now. She's leaving. Twenty twenty. Isaiah Bond. Yeah, was well, no, not him. Well, another one outside of Isaiah. Isaiah just committed to Texas. He going to right. Texas. It's another five star from I think twenty twenty six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Decommitted from Bama, like, and you're going to see a lot of this. A lot of this because again, they don't know this coach. Mm-mm. It'd be different if they, and that's why I agree with you. Like, it'd be different if you hired a guy who maybe has ties to where, okay, you he's know still what? a part of that cloth. Yeah, and 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 even at least you want some familiarity there, right? Like, okay, cool. Maybe this ain't the coach that I thought, but he recruited me. I remember him. He was cool. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I liked him. You know, it was just saving, recruiting against him. So he lost out to Bama. But, all right, I can rock with this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that is a bigger deal and a bigger thing than, you know, and I think that and it really surprised me, to be honest. I, I was very surprised. That saving retired. Not that he's not retired because I, I, I thought he would retire. I thought he'd retire on top. I, I thought this may be right. his last year. I thought that last year would be his last year. Um, you're for that. I think if he ended, if he got a natty last year or got a natty, if he beats Georgia two years ago, I think he probably would have been done. You I, know what I mean? And he talked about just how taxing it was, but just looking at it. Looking at it, and I was going to say, looking at it from the beginning of the year, you know, when they had that struggle with who was going to play the quarterback. Yep. And that infamous video where he's walking through the tunnel, his hair frazzled, and he looking – down his whole body language just showed like I'm tired of this shit. Yeah, you see it. Like he said, I mean hell, they showed um him talking to Kirby. Um, right. The game. That said, looked like said, a goodbye. Yeah, and Kirby said, Thank you for all you've done for me. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not like Kirby didn't say that as a guy who is thinking, I'm gonna see you next year and the year after. He's like he probably had been talking to Nick and knew mm-hmm. she's probably it for him. Right. You know what I mean? Yo, thank you. I appreciate no matter what happens in this game, yo, thank you. You know what I mean? You put me on me, put me in a position. And the other part of it, too, is Nick said, yo, I'm too old for this shit. Mm-hmm. He said that. Like, after the game, yo, I'm too old for this shit. I'll even go back. And he meant it. I'll even go back to uh, the year that they didn't get it. Oh, the year before when they didn't get in the playoff. Yep. And Saban went on that rant about, you know, he was already talking about the NIL and yep. how it's bad. He went on this whole... Thing, this whole tirade about well this is bad for you know the sport and it's bad for college football and uh you know these is basically like an auction and you know he was already on that shit like 
Okay. And then everybody else that he named specifically, they were saying, okay, this sour grapes. But I think Nick Saban was done then because he saw where the sport was going. Like I even said with, uh, with Dabo, with Dabo Sweeney, like, you know, Dabo Sweeney pretty much got left because his whole thing was, well, we don't believe in a portal. Um, and he can't, you know, he, he, Bible thumper. He started talking all this stuff. It was like, nah, this is where the game is, man. Yeah, absolutely. And you got to play the game. I think that's, I think that's why Georgia is is situated. And you know, obviously, we're gonna say you biased or whatever, but that's why Georgia is situated for truth. success. <laughs> like, it's the truth. Like Georgia is situated for success because Georgia doesn't play the. They don't play the NIL game. Right. They don't play. We'll get you three, four mil this year. They don't play that game. What they say is, look, this is what you could do here. You play here for three years, we'll get you to the league. You'll make more money than you could ever dreamed of, right? Mm-hmm. We gonna put you in a, in a situation to be successful, and from then you can do what you want. But you never hear about George getting wrapped up in that shit. Like you don't hear about nil. And when guys want to go do nil shit, go. The culture is in place. Go. The culture is in the place. The culture is in we, place. We, we man. win this like, way. If you want to go to uh, Missouri. You mm-hmm. take a bag. Go get your bag, bro. Yo, you're an amazing player. You're an elite player. You will be in the NFL in three years no matter what. But we'll develop you for success for the NFL. Y'all right? going to adapt to yeah, us. You're going to adapt to what we do, and we're going to build. Either you with us or you ain't. If you're not, no hard feelings. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Right? You see guys, the guy who committed to Georgia from South Carolina said this. She's like, man, I should have committed to Georgia from the jump. Mm-hmm. I went to South Carolina, taking the bag. Cool. Go take the bag. Now you back. I should have been with them. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's why Georgia is situated for success with this changing landscape because they're not going to play the money games and who got the biggest bag. And if you want to go do that, go do that. But understand, this that's not our end game. Our end game wasn't to make you this $50 million player in college because mm-hmm. we're not trying to breed you to be a college superstar. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to be Johnny Manziel, be Johnny Manziel. That's cool. We breeding guys who last in the league for a long, long time. And and somebody that buys in to exactly. what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. Perfect example was the Orange Bowl. Yeah. Look at all those players. Who still played. Who still played. And that was huge. I don't think people realize how big that is. That's Man, these are guys that's going. A lot of them guys was going first round. Mm-hmm. And they looked at it like, hey, I came to school to not only get an education, but to play football. Why wouldn't I think, uh, uh, who was it? Was it Tyreek Smith? It's Kamari. Oh, Kamari. Kamari said, "Yeah, I came to school to play football. Yeah, I call, yeah, get I an education. Yeah. Why wouldn't I want to play yeah. in this game? And this is and, and this is what Kirby telling him: you probably don't need to play. Man, all them guys wanted to play. Yeah. And then you look at the flip side of that: Florida State. These niggas still mad, upset, mm-hmm. crying, and yeah. I just couldn't. I, I me, would, me I, personally, I couldn't be that type of person where 19, 20 players sit out." And sit on the sideline and you watch your homeboys get their ass beat. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. and Because I, 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 Florida State was a real, real different kind of case. I agree with you. Um, if I'm Mike Norvell, those guys aren't on the sideline. Like, I don't have an issue because I understand it. Like, they got shitted. I say this off top, <laughs> right? They got shitted. Like, don't tell me we didn't get in because our quarterback is hurt when the first year of the playoff you let Ohio State in with a third-string quarterback. I don't want to hear that shit. You know what I mean? Cardo Jones was a third-string quarterback. Those up JT and Troy had got hurt. Mm-hmm. He won the Big Ten Championship, and y'all let them niggas in. Same same scenario. They won with a third-string quarterback. They beat a number four, number 14 team in the country, the third-string quarterback, because the second-string quarterback was hurt. Mm-hmm. And they still won. Handily, still won. Game wasn't that close. They won. You knew they were going to win. They never, it never looked like it was in doubt. 
cool. We got we got a month to get ready. Mm-hmm. Our defense is next level, right? Gives them a chance. Like it was fucked up letting them in. That means you know what I mean. Would to keep them out? To me, it should have been uh, the white. Should have been Michigan. Should have been Washington. Should have been Florida State. Whoever you pick after that, do let what me, you want. So let, let me ask you this. Yeah. Um. And I, I hear what you're saying with with Florida State not getting mm-hmm. in this and that. So, do you think? Georgia had more of a case to be upset because we went two years. No. Listen. No. Okay. We went two years mm-hmm. without an L, right? Mm-hmm. Then lost to Bama by three points. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were number one the entire year. Mm-hmm. Now, when we lose to Bama, Granted, we did lose. We mm-hmm. lost. Should have won that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't care what happens. You got to win that game mm-hmm. just so nobody can say nothing. Yep. Lose that game by three points. Mm-hmm. And now we behind the team that struggled against Louisville. Yes. With and a third-string quarterback. Yes. And I'll tell you why. So they had more of a case than us. Yes. And I'll tell you why. Because we lost the game. It's, it's really that simple, honestly. Like, the, it was right there. It's mm-hmm. right there. Beat Bama and you're in. Mm-hmm. No questions asked. Beat Bama and you in. Mm-hmm. You lose to Bama, right? Mm-hmm. And yes, because I look at it like we lost our conference championship. And it's very hard to not let in the SEC champion. Mm-hmm. It's hard. I don't care what the scenario is, right? When we got in with Bama, it's because the other there wasn't other teams with cases. Mm-hmm. Not for real, for real, right? Like you had, you know, you had TCUs and Cincinnati's and shit. Oh, we should be in. No, you're not. Georgia beat y'all by fifty, and we did it. Mm-hmm. But in this particular scenario, it was these are blue bloods. The whole playoff for Blue Bloods, right. besides Washington, which they this still was, technically this are was, too. This was you definitely the, yeah. the year where the big everybody, all the big names, and they convincingly won their games. Yeah, and the thing is, is that the fact of the matter was they the committee put a really big onus on Bama losing to Texas and, mm-hmm. and Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. They put a really big, and that's how both of them got in because they couldn't decide. And it was like, well, fuck, we got to put Bama in because they win SEC. And I think that was the biggest part. Bama won the SEC, so they have to go in. Bama's getting in no matter what because they won the conference. We can't not put them in, right? And there's no secret that Bama is on the tougher side of the conference in Georgia. Mm-hmm. The West has always been tougher than the East historically. Cool, no problem. So Bama's going in because they played a tougher schedule, quote-unquote, than Georgia. Mm-hmm. I don't really believe that, but cool. I understand the thought process. But for Georgia, it literally was as simple as, yo, win the game and get in. Win it and get in. You lost. I think you, lost, you lost a game, and now we're looking at like, all right, cool. You lost a game, and just if we put, because I don't really, for me, I I like taking the other shit out, and I just like putting resumes, blank resumes, it's like do an NCAA tournament, right? Basketball tournament, they put these blank resumes up and say who should be what. Mm-hmm. Cool, thirteen and no conference champion. Don't care who you lost to, almost beat, almost lost to, whatever. We struggle with uh, who's that we damn lost to this year. We had to come back against. Was it Kentucky? No. No, that was last Missouri. Year. Oh. Now, Missouri, we had to walk that back against. Mm-hmm. Um, they played us tough yeah, the South year Car- before. Yeah, South Carolina, we had to walk that shit down this year. Um, you know what I mean? We had some games that we, you know, was like, yo, like, y'all struggling against them. suspect. Yeah, we look a little suspect, right? So, you know what I mean? So, Florida State has a right to look suspect against a team with the third-string quarterback because we, we as well had. You know what I mean? South Carolina wouldn't rank top 25 when we struggled with them. Right. Louisville, it's a conference championship game. Hey. But everybody, 
You know, you know what I mean? So the, heavy is the head because everybody wanted to be the one to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's the fact, right? So yeah. it's like we can't say, oh, well, yeah, well, you know, they gave us the best shot. Okay, cool. But all y'all, what y'all say, y'all are or not. And right. that's kind of why I didn't feel bad. I knew we weren't getting in, and I didn't feel bad we didn't get in. The only thing that annoyed me was that they kept Florida State out and we didn't get in. So right, if you're gonna put, if you're gonna kick us out, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very comfortable with that for being Michigan, Washington, Florida State, in in Bama. I ain't got no question. Mm-hmm. Like no issue with that, right? Mm-hmm. No issue. My bigger thing is, um, my bigger thing is them excluding Florida State. With it, with, even with your quarterback, because like they said, okay, well, you got a third string or second string quarterback, um, and you you need a lead quarterback play. No, you don't, because Bama's won many national championships without it with a dominant defense like Florida State got. Don't right. The you only thing I, the only thing I'll say not to cut you off. The only thing I'll say about Florida State is, and I think the committee looked at it too. If we're talking about four teams that's trying to get in, yeah, they're faced with the decision to pick the best four. Now that's I, a, I know I know everybody's whole thing was Florida well Florida State was undefeated. I think if you look at all the teams that they ended up putting in the playoff, right? Let's just go from I do not from and that's the thing, not to cut you off, but I don't think from what I watched in them playoffs, I do not feel as if a full Florida State team, right? Without a quarterback, mm-hmm. I do not feel as if Washington beats them because of the way that uh, Michigan dominated them defensively, right? Like, Michigan's defense was – there. I don't think there was a defense in the playoff sans Bama that was close to Florida State's. And I think that should mean something because, again, we watch what a dominant defense can do for you. And I just think, for me, if you say we're going to pick the four best and we're going to exclude an undefeated conference champion from the four best – Objectively, that's tough because it's like, what about us makes you say, even without it? Because again, even without our starting quarterback, we still won these games, right? Mm-hmm. We still, and again, again, we still won. And we, again, we struggled. Were they a different they, team? Of course, absolutely. They're a different and team, but, think- they still, but they still won. And the fact that it's like, it's like this. Last year, TCU got in. They didn't want. And I'm gl- <laughs> go ahead. But, but say, last year, TCU got in, mm-hmm. and the only reason why they got in was because they didn't have to play a championship game. Mm-mm. So now we're punishing Florida State because of the way they looked against the number fourteen team in the country. Like we're acting like they they struggled against you know fucking you know Florida A and M or some shit. Like this is the number fourteen team. So we're going to literally brush off a ranked win. But I think the other teams winning in the fashion that they did made it tough. Because look, yeah, like you said, this what these were. If you look at, but that's the, the teams thing. that were in, yeah. they won convincingly. Michigan beat the shit out of Iowa. Yeah, but that's the thing. Te- but, Texas did not play around with Oklahoma State. Right, but even then, I don't. These teams aren't. These aren't huge wins. Because if, if you're going to do that, then fuck it. Say, listen, y'all beat some bullshit. Georgia lost to Bama by three. Fuck it. Georgia should be in. But but, that but, so, was but, but that's cool. So but that's what I'm saying. But if you're not going to do that because Georgia lost, I can't turn it. Like I said, for me, I cannot find a valid reason without just saying my opinion is greater than everybody else's to say that um, Florida State shouldn't be in. Because literally, it's just based on an opinion because you don't know. 
And if you're going to let TCU get in last year when we all knew there was some dog shit, and we're going to let TCU get in, or we're going to let Cincinnati get in, and we know there's some dog shit, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? In the grand, in the big scale, we know they dog shit, and they got their asses whooped, showing they were dog shit, right? You know, you know what, what I mean? If we're going to watch that, and I know why they did it, because they want to give them a chance. But the thing, if you're going to give them a chance and you keep Florida State out? I think, I honestly think the committee didn't want another Georgia TCU game. They didn't, but shit. Well, because so, I, but the thing, the, Michigan played Bama pretty tough. Yeah, I think absolutely. I, and it's just my opinion, even with Florida State, Florida State, in a sense, even though they went undefeated, they went undefeated with Jordan, Travis, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the same game if they but, play Michigan because I think but, Michigan dog. I think Michigan played Bama tough. I think they walked the dog with Florida State because but, because they essentially became Iowa. Oh, all y'all got is the defense, right? But even but and that's what I kept going back to. Iowa's defense is not Florida State's, and I think the and, and the only reason why I honestly can stress this. Is you know side of Meeks, one of my best friends is a Florida State fan, right? Okay. So I watch a lot. I watched a lot of Florida State this year because of Meeks, mm-hmm. right? So I'm really like, yo, these niggas. And he told me they said, bro, our defense is a one, and I like, no, these niggas' defense is off the charts. Defense, like that defense is different. Like is the off because again they weren't winning games because their offense was so amazing anyway, and that was my main point. It was, it was like, a lot of their yeah, offense was Jordan. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, but the fact of the matter was their offense wasn't the greatest. But it wasn't the greatest. You great, know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think, so it's not, it'll be different if, you know what I mean, um, I'm trying to think of a team that's quarterback dependent. Um, Washington. Washington. Washington losing Michael Penix is a death blow. They're death not blow. winning shit without Penix, right? Like, that's just what it's. Colorado losing Shador. What, you're not winning shit if Shador not taking them snaps. You know what I'm saying? But when I look at Florida State, it's like, no, we can win without our starting quarterback because of the way we win games. Our defense wins games. When they played Clemson and they were down against Clemson, that defense wouldn't have got that shit. Mm-hmm. The defense, I mean, the defense made them turnovers. I remember literally we were sitting there, uh, we were sitting in the room about to go out there for Meech's wedding, and Meech was stressing over this. I said, bro, they about to make a play. Boom. Kalen Loach makes it, uh, gets a sack, gets up, picks the ball up, runs that bitch back for a touchdown, right? Cool. Touchdown, Florida State goes up and they take off from there. It wasn't Jordan Travis that did the shit, mm-hmm. right? It was a, it was the defense who did it. So I think when you have an elite-level defense, you have a team who may have sustained a big loss. Again, they struggled against Louisville, yes, with a third-string quarterback who would not have been the quarterback in those playoff games. Mm-hmm. The second string was still in, pro, in concussion protocol. That's why he didn't play. Mm-hmm. I think if he plays, they probably bust Louisville's ass because he's a decent quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's good enough to win with what he had there, right? Like, they probably blow Louisville out. They, that's, a, that's what they were dealt. The hand they were dealt. And for me, if I got a team who faced adversity like that and still found a way to win, you know what I mean? And now you're telling me, hey, your quarterback is bad. Y'all going to be healthy. We got a month to get ready for this playoff. And you come in as a three seed to play against uh, Washington. Mm-hmm. And then you put Bama in as a four against Michigan. Shit, let's do it. To me, that's a really strong playoff, right? I got Michigan playing Bama, you know what I mean, which we saw that game, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then we see Texas and uh, we see Texas and Washington, which wasn't a good game at all, Mm-mm. you know what I mean? So, I, but I'm now I'm getting Washington, this high powered offense against Florida State, this high powered defense. Boom, let's do it. Like, to me, these are better games anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, no one came in this shit thinking Texas was going to win that bitch. Not a soul. No. Nobody thought Washington was going to win. Not a soul. 
I have no, I had zero faith in zero faith in Washington winning the national championship. I had no doubt that they were going to lose, no matter who they play. I think I said, "Bam, I'm going to beat Shell Washington." I didn't see Michigan win, and that was biased because of what Georgia did to Michigan. You know what I mean? A few years ago, like Michigan just wasn't cut from that cloth. But I was you know definitely I mean? pushing for Michigan yeah. to win. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wanted to beat Bama for sure. Yeah. I definitely wanted to beat Bama. You know what I mean? Because honestly, I didn't give a fuck about a playoff after that. I ain't Get Bama out cool. I mean, I barely watched that. I ain't had no dog think, in it, literally. Yeah, yeah literally. Like I thought it was background <laughs> noise, man. But yeah, for me, I really felt like Florida State was done a disservice because of the fact that, and I understand what you're saying. Don't get me wrong, I get it, right? Like, you you know, objectively, like, bro, y'all lost your quarterback. Y'all niggas better be Louisville. Like, this is – but my thing is, like, well, shit, who they – if they if they get in, who are they playing against? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you're not walking in here playing Georgia. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no real dominant team this year, right? Mm-hmm. There wasn't no the, – the separation of teams wasn't so high to where Florida State is that much worse than Texas, Washington, and, and, and Michigan. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like Michigan probably was the only one who could say no, we're better. Right. But I watched Michigan play. Uh, who, who was that game? Was the Iowa game? Where they had literally did not throw the ball the entire second half because they couldn't. Yeah, they couldn't. And they had a, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's a knock to me, right? We're never going to see. We never saw elite teams in a situation where we can we can't we can't throw the ball against them, right? We saw Georgia slay Dragons this year. We saw old Mr. Offense look like world beaters, and Georgia slay that shit. Man, they got forty eight whatever. Yeah. Stop it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Year before that, Tennessee, same shit. What y'all gonna do with them? Came in forty five yeah, points yeah, a game. Yeah, what you gonna do with them? We Rolling gonna drag that ass after beating Bama. Yeah, we gonna drag that ass. That's yeah. what we are gonna do. Like it's a different smoke here. Like what y'all do? To, even this year with Tennessee, Yo, all right, y'all go to Knoxville. Okay, bust them by thirty. Stop it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if you're not gonna let the clear dominant team in, then and that's my issue with the playoff committee. You know what I mean? Is that they said, well, we're not basing this off of the past. Well, yes, you are because yes, you you're are. telling me that you can't not let an SEC champion in. Why? Because as, as historically, this conference is strong. So we got to let y'all in. They're the conference champion. You said we ain't going to the past. Mm-hmm. Which is it? The conference can be shit this year. Mm-hmm. Next year it could be strong. It could be it's a night and day. I mean, it's, it's a it's a year-to-year evaluation. But so if you're, uh, and that's why I didn't like the decision because it was so much picking and choosing. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know what I mean, what I feel like is going to be the issue with the 12-team playoff. If there's no criteria set on what it's going to be, it's going to be a shit show. It's going to be Georgia TCU over again. It's going to be a shit show because you you don't have any criteria. In my mind, if we got, what, four power conferences with a Pac-12 going now, those four teams, those conference champions should be guaranteed a berth. To be mm-hmm. honest with you, if it's up, it's four teams, and then was it a group of six or whatever? Is that a group of six, group of five? Whatever it is. Yeah. Like, conference champions should receive automatic bids, damn near. Seed them based off that and then go at large for your last four seeds. Now, if I'm pulling the second place team out of the SEC team at SEC or the second place team, you know, if I'm pulling Ohio State out of the Big Ten or whatever, cool, do that. Mm-hmm. Pull those, pull them out and then seed them based off of that. You know what I mean? Or go top 12. Whatever the top 12 is at end of the season, those are the ones that get in. And we, you know, take, and we take out the opinions and the guesswork because they've shown year after year it's too much of uh, I kind of want to see this mm-hmm. or what about that? Let's not be. It's it's it's, yeah. it's went from the a best. tournament style bracket of the best to yeah. what's good TV. Yeah, I mean look at look at what they were finally able to do this year. They caught the West Coast, they caught the Big Ten, they caught the AC not ACC. I'm sorry, 
They caught Texas and they caught Georgia, I mean, uh, caught Bama. So they literally hit every angle mm-hmm. of the country, right? So you got viewers. They talk about how many people watched it. Yeah, because you hit every viewership you would want, right? You got Washington playing against Texas. You got the West Coast team playing against Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Then you get Alabama. You got the South locked in now against Michigan. That's your North. So you literally have everybody you would want locked in, right? So you, you cast this broad, big net. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's a money. It's, it's, it's money at it's the end money. of the day. And you never got to get where you had Pac-12, Big Ten, a, uh, SEC, and Big 12 in the same tournament. You never got that. Yeah, It's the first time they ever do it. It's either been two Big Tens, two SECs, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, the ACC. You know what I mean? You never really you gotta got to get them ratings it. up. Yeah, you never got it that way. <laughs> Not yet. And it's literally the ratings are there. That's why the ratings come out. Oh, the most watched game. In- yeah. yeah, of course. Right ready. after. Come on, immediately <laughs> to pump it out because they knew people were gonna say, "Man, so y'all gave us some bullshit." Yeah, but if you watched it, you said, "Man, the fuck is this? <laughs> this is stupid." Like I did not come away from the playoff thinking Michigan was the best team in the country, and no, not the Michigan. Salute them niggas for winning. They handled their business. You know what I mean? And that was my main thing. And I think that's the difference between that. Because the original question was about the Georgia Florida State game. I think that's the biggest difference and issue with Florida State is that I honestly. I recognize why them boys didn't want to play because mm-hmm. they felt like they got shitted. Now, the flip side of that is, as a head coach, y'all not going to be on my sideline. Like, uh, Jimbo would have never allowed that shit. Nobody. Bobby wouldn't allow that. Like, no. I would like, I would not. Kirby wouldn't have allowed that. Not in that scenario. Like, no. Okay, if you don't want to play. And Kirby actually talked about that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, he talked about allowing guys to stay around the program after they said they were going. He said that when he talked about Justin Fields. When he said he was going into the portal, but he still allowed him to participate y'all in bowl practices leading up to the Bama National Championship game, right? Yep. Like you said, all right, if you're not going to be here, don't be here. Don't bring your ass. Yeah, there's no hard feelings, but look, you made your decision. We got to do what's best for the team. We taking you up out of here. Kirby took all them fucking um, early enrollees down there to Miami with him. Cool, that's a smart move. But from my my, my viewpoint, if I'm the head coach of Florida State and all these guys say they're not going to play, that's fine. Hey, no hard feelings, salute, but don't, because the thing is, is what are you saying when they pull up, right? You're saying, well, you still want to show up for your team, come on. Well, you're not showing up for your team because you're not playing in the game. No. Don't come. No. Like, it's, it's literally that simple. Like, don't come. Like, don't play. It's no, again, no hard feelings, but if you don't want to be part of this program, you're not coming. And every time. You're a distraction. It, you're a distraction because every time Georgia scored, they would show one of them on the mm-hmm. sideline. So yeah, absolutely. all eyes was on them. If I'm a player on the team and I'm like, damn, we made a bad play. Yeah. And I got to look up at you. Yeah, you should have been there. I normally got you and you on the sideline. And I'd rather not see you. Yeah, you on the sideline in the jersey, big ass chain on, chilling, tie yeah. over your head, you on your phone, you. I don't, nigga, slide. <laughs> you feel like, honestly, don't come to the fight and watch me get my ass beat. Yeah, don't, yeah, when you should have been here with me. Yeah. Don't watch me get jumped, nigga. <laughs> Wrong with you? That and that's the thing that I really got a problem with. Like, don't be a bystander when we've been fighting for each other all year. Exactly. And then exactly. at the end of the year, you get upset, mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, fuck it, I'll just come. And it's a slaughter. Yeah, like don't because we knew what that game was gonna look like before it happened. Before it happened. So it was like, bro, like, look, this is what we gonna do, <laughs> my nigga. Like, if you don't want to play, bro, you ain't gotta play. But I, I, I would. Be to limit distractions so we can lock in as a team, so we can do all them things, bro. Like, we would like if you didn't. We're not going to allow you to come. Not, right. not we would like if you didn't come. It's like, we were, you're not allowed to come. 
Right. Like, if you don't want to play, there's no hard feelings. I don't feel away. If this was any other scenario or situation, mm-hmm. you would not be here. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that's, well, at least in this type of situation, right? You see it sometimes. Like, Jane Daniels on the sideline for LSU when they played, uh, I think, Wisconsin, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he was, he was on the sideline. Okay, cool. But again, but that's no, but that you know that's normal. Yeah, what's a case by case basis? Like he said, I'm not gonna play. I'm going to league. Okay, cool. Them guys said they're not gonna play because they're going to league. Okay, cool. But this scenario is a lot different. You got, you got again. You got to take the the caveats into into account. Like, yeah, it's case by case. It's different. Yeah, you're not gonna play because of this. All right, cool. But I cannot have you here with these kids Mm because this scenario is so much different. Than what you're talking about, mm-hmm. and I think that's the biggest part of it, man. Is that like did this scenario, you know, really you you want you you're trying to build something for next year? You're gonna get your ass whooped. KJ Bolden, they got an interview of him, and they asking about the game, and he kind of laughing like, "Damn, like I'm glad I didn't commit to Florida State and we mm-hmm. had been on the sideline because that would have been bad." Right? It looks bad. Yeah, it just looks bad. Like you get it, you know, you understand why they lost. You know what I mean? And salute the curb. Curb pulled Carson, all the boys at halftime. Yo, man, y'all come on. Yeah, cause this ain't that. Yeah. Now we gonna do we gonna handle our business because we are who we are. Mm-hmm. And if we don't handle our business, they are gonna say we not, right? So now I said to lose lose for Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because if you lose that game, all hell gonna break loose. Yeah. You win that game, you are supposed to. Georgia didn't get no strikes for whooping their ass, right? But you still got handle business. And I saluted that. Like yo, whoop that ass. Go hey, run that bitch up. Yeah. Hey, we got our guys. You got yours. If yours aren't, cause that's the other testament. And Kirby can use that as a recruiting. You know, if those guys aren't locked in and they won't play, that's on you. Mm-hmm. We gonna handle our business. That ain't got nothing to do with ain't us. Nothing to do with me. We locked in. We get yeah, all these guys going to the league. Yeah, yeah, they gonna they gonna play. And you, they gonna write. Oh, or is, is such and such gonna leave? Yes, Kamari fucking leaving. <laughs> you crazy? Tyler, mm-hmm. he a first round pick. He gone. He you gone. think Javon Boy? Go- He's gone. <laughs> You think Brock thinking about maybe he gone and it's cool. It's no problem. Kirby, they recruit well. You know what I mean? Oscar, Delp, and all them guys like are right there waiting. Mm-hmm. The same way Brock was. You know what I mean? They put the like, fourth string quarterback in. Yeah, I said, God yeah. damn. Fucking must champ on the sideline. First down. Like, come on, <laughs> my nigga. Like, these boy was, you know what I mean? But the thing was, was, you know, I respect it. Pride. I respect it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so that's the biggest thing, man. So so yeah. Uh go ahead and get out of this motherfucker. You know what I mean? Fun little there we go. That's a good little Yeah. So uh first episode of the year, man. First live recorded episode of the year. You know what I mean? Shout out to Cuzzo for coming through. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? Now I gotta get you and your crazy ass brother on. Oh yeah, yeah, man. When, when, I always tell niggas, man, when Drake say that line, my cousin's crazy. My cousin like Boogie. I'm, that's what I'm talking about. I told, I told, I told Mo that shit. I say, I'm telling you, bro, he talking about you. Talking about you. And we gonna cause when he come on, we like stories. I'm for sure telling that parking lot pinball story. I, Corey, I'm coming to you next. Hey, come on, hey, got you got to, you got to. Coming to you next. To. Yeah, I'm for sure pulling. That's up part of it. Yeah, podcast. I gotta gotta. Got to plug Big Bro in, man. But yeah, hell yeah, all, all three of us. Oh shit, yo! Boy. You know what's funny? Like, is this whole one of the things the way shit started was me and Corey talked about doing a podcast together. Mm-hmm. Just locations didn't work out, but we for sure was like, yo, we can do this shit together. And we mean when he started his podcast, we talked about it a lot. You know what I mean? But yeah, nah, yeah. it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. It's sure. coming. Yeah, talk your shit. Look at nigga pushing all the buttons. Shit, that's why you. Let that be seen. 
That's why you do it. Hey, yo, man, we out this bitch, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Give me some more flavor. It's the Untitled Podcast.